On this week's episode of Read, Watch, or DNF, we head on down to the marshes of North Carolina with Delia Owens, where the crawdads sing, and the 2022 adaptation of the same name, now available on Netflix. And we ask the question, why are modern romances marketed as empowered women, but really it's just case studies in Stockholm Syndrome? Hmm. Weird. Also, uh, fuck Chase and uh, double fuck Tate. Fuck the men. Fuck them. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Read, Watch, or DNF. Uh, this is the podcast where we, Mel B and the lovely Jackie D, Hello. your hosts, we drunkenly break down book-to-screen adaptations each week. We flip a coin to see who's going to read first or watch first, and then we come together and we compare notes. And we want to see, like, how closely the adaptation follows the book, you know, which we prefer, book or movie. Sometimes neither. And if the order in re- in which we read-watched affects our reviews. And why do we do all this? Nobody knows. It doesn't really matter. But we watch, we read, so you don't have to DNF and waste your fucking time. If this is your first time with us, welcome. If you are returning... We love you because that's amazing. It means you listened to us and then decided to do it again. So what's up, boo? If you haven't done so already, please take a moment. Give us a rating. Five stars if you think we deserve it. Um, If not, then, you know, fuck you. But you know, whatever. You do you. <laughs> but really, like, please leave us a review. Just we want to hear your thoughts. Tell us what you think. Um, What we can in- Prove it doesn't mean we're going to listen to it because we probably won't see it for a, a, a while because we're just really oblivious. Uh, but we're also busy. Us. To be fair, we are, we are very, very busy. We are really busy. We work like really important full time jobs. And, okay, okay, hold on a second. When I say really important, I'm not trying to downplay anyone else, but we have very intense jobs with the government. And it's it's a lot, okay? So that's a full-on, sometimes a 60-hour week. Who fucking knows? We're busy. And then we have kids on top of that. And dogs. Like, and dogs. Big dogs. St. Bernard's. Yeah. And husbands. Yeah. It's a lot. I feel bad for us. <laughs> These are our life decisions. <laughs> <laughs> but the reviews do help us in this world, uh, especially with Apple. It helps, you know, bump us up for visibility so like if you think other people should be listening then leave a review even if it's like oh my god i love you or you bitches are dumb like it still helps so thank you uh okay social media we got the twitter which is so much fucking fun i used to be obsessed with tiktok just because it's hilarious the videos but i think when it comes to the marketing aspect and like engagement twitter is just so fun and so easy so everyone that is following us and um interacting with us on twitter you are amazing every single one of you it's so much fun 
Um, we do have Instagram, we have Facebook, we do have the TikTok as well. We also have a Discord because we have a book club in there and we have some other stuff going on. Uh, a lot of that is managed by our amazing social media manager, Marina Wasabu. We love her. Um, so do that. It's usually at uh, ReadWatch DNF. I think one of them is at ReadWatch DNF underscore podcast. I, I don't remember offhand which one. That, that might be the TikTok because of the whole banning incident. Oh, that's right. Because that's right. We did get banned and we had to create a new account. So that's probably the one that's underscore DNF. I do know that Twitter is just at ReadWatchDNF. Come at me. I love it. So it is officially 2023. We did it. We made it. Um, Yay. Is 2023 off to a great start? Not no. really. Mm-mm. We got a lot of people in the hospital, and I'm not even laughing about this. It's serious. Um, we have Damar Hamlin that collapsed on the field during the Bills uh Bengals game that was absolutely frightening and I yeah, I think he at this moment right now he's still in critical condition our prayers are out for him because that is just 24 years old young dude his whole life ahead of him I just I really hope he, he pulls through we also have Jeremy Renner doing some crazy shit on a snowplow I don't even know all the details of that but he's not doing well and then there's some other stuff going on. Then we got that Andrew Tate bullshit with the human trafficking, but he's still like just around. We need you to be better. 2023, come on. And also Goodreads still doesn't have half stars. Hmm. But at that point, they might as go might as well go with a, a 10, 10 star review scale, but whatever. I I mean, I guess. I, I think the half stars would help because sometimes like it's not really a three, but it's also not a four. You know, you want to give that a little bit of a bump where you're like, I didn't hate it. I I didn't love it, but I slightly more than liked it. Like, you want to, you want to be able to express that. So, Goodreads. And also, Goodreads not having half stars is nowhere on the same level as um, any of the other things I just mentioned. So... Discord, though, we are, uh, our Discord is live. Um, it's new, it's fresh. We have some things in there. We're going to be posting our reviews. We're posting um, updates on where we are with the show, links for new episodes, uh, interaction. Like, if you want to give us what your feelings are on uh, upcoming uh, DNF shows. Like, for example, uh, I think we have the whole January schedule in there. So if you have read or watched any of those, we'd love to hear what you think about it. Uh, We also have our featured book of the month, which is Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. That is in our Discord, the book. We have links to it. And that will also be our last episode of January when we watch the movie. And we will be having a watch party in Discord for that. So if you want to join us, uh, Look at our profiles. We have the links for it in there for Discord. The invites are um, never expiring. So just click on it, get in there, and uh, see what's up. Okay. Dedication. (sighs) Listen, we love a good outcast, all right? My favorite uh, saying ever came to me... uh, where Jackie and I, it was like a early morning right outside of DC. We stopped at a Starbucks and I had a very particular order. Um, <laughs> and the barista just looked at me and he was like, you do you, boo-boo. And I was like, I will. 
<laughs> I will do me. So we do love an outcast. We love weird. Just be who you are. So this is dedicated to you guys. But we're also going to give like a little shout out to uh, our man, Eric, at Total Wine, who just... Jackie and I went in there earlier, a little tipsy, because we had been at the bar. Just chill. Mind you, it was like 11. We went to lunch. And we're like, fuck it. The only thing we have to do today is record. Because we worked this morning. We we did work. So we were done. So we're like, we were just pounding martinis and shit. Jackie's got her beer. So when we got to Total Wine, um, we were already a little tipsy. And I don't I don't understand how he followed anything that we were asking about, but he did. And he took all the time in the world to help us and engage us. And he even he even went to the uh the back of the store or wherever his computer was to look up breweries in North Carolina to see what they carried that came from North Carolina. He really did. And then he came back with like a whole list. And he's like, come over here, look at this, and now look at that, and now look at this. Listen, I just want to talk about real quick, uh, these beers and their names. Okay, I'm not a beer person, but I might just try to become one just for the names. That One of them was, what was the name that I called out? And he walked right around the corner. I have a little wiener or something uh, like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like just standing there just perusing the the like craft yeah, I beer think, I think aisle. it was, I have a small wiener. Or yeah, I have a small wiener. And I looked at it and I pointed and I yelled it because apparently I have no volume control when we are in stores. You, you suffer from voice modulation. <laughs> I do. I just like pointed and screamed at the top of my lungs that I have a small wiener. But right at that moment, uh, Eric walked around the corner returning to us with the list that he had procured. Um, and he was like, ah, yeah, that's a good one. He's like, and then he said like whatever the brewery is for it because Eric knows his shit. Uh, <laughs> but before that, before we even started talking to them, I also was yelling because I, I got sidetracked. Ja- we went in there for Jackie, but I got sidetracked because I have severe ADHD. So I was just like, oh my God, sangria. Uh, and then I walked around the corner because I don't know where Jackie was. And then I just screamed Jackie at the top of my lungs. And all the people that work there, they're like, what? And I'm like, I'm just looking for my friend. She's right there. Thank you. That's, That's good times. Good. But that that's where the uh, the balloon tied to my freaking bag or something won't work mm. because those shelves are like 20 feet tall. They are really tall. They are really tall. And like, I'm fairly tall. Jackie is not. Jackie is, she's part five, of the tiny. Five three. Yeah. She's part of the tiny community. Well, actually, she's part of the average female height in the world community. Um, but I am, the lower end of the average female height. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I am not on like the freakishly tall side, but I am like a little bit over five seven, so I'm uh, like slightly above average. Um, but I do feel like an Amazon at work because um, I wear heels as well. So, but I walk around and I'm like, I can't find her, and she's like, I'm right here, you crazy bitch. Like, <laughs> just look oh, for okay. me in the just look for me in the craft brew section. Well, because I came around the corner and I thought I was gonna see you like at the one section where you usually get the like the refrigerated area. Oh yeah. I didn't realize there was like a whole football field worth of not. Yeah. Their, their refrigerated section is very, very small and it was seriously lacking today. So Mm. do better to the wine. But anyway, this is the outcast and Eric and I have a feeling Eric's a bit of an outcast too. All right, Jackie, what are we drinking? 
Well, I am drinking a D9 Brewing Company uh, German chocolate cake. It is a coconut pecan stout. And it hails from just north of Charlotte, North Carolina. Ooh, Charlotte. Yeah. That's cool. German yeah. chocolate cake. You know, interesting fact about German chocolate cake. Um, it is not German. It's not German. It was actually, it's like one of the only truly American recipes out there in the world for pastries. Hmm. Yeah. Bet you didn't know that. Yeah. Well, now you do. Yeah. Uh, I, we're going to post the link. For this it is uh called the crawdad where the crawdad sangria it's like a play on sangria uh so we'll post a link for that in uh the social medias but i i am doing that i'm drinking the sangria because i don't i don't like beer i don't do that you are entitled but i'm getting closer because i'm yeah. like branching out with the ciders right and everyone mm-hmm. out there is listening. It's like cider is not the same thing as beer. I know, <laughs> but I can get a cider in a vessel that is akin to what beer typically comes in. Well, and you did. You have tried. I have seen you. I have a picture of you mm-hmm. drinking a Kona Longboard at Animal Kingdom, which is not bad because I'm not going to be picky. You know, if we go out and the only thing I can get to drink is beer, like I'm not going to bitch. I'll suck it up. If I you're just going to take your time, and then when it gets warm, you're just going to give it to me, and I'll finish mm-hmm. it. That's exactly yeah. true. Because Jackie, I don't know what's going on with her throat, but Jackie can just throw him back. She'll take, like, this big tall boy, and it's gone. And I'm still, like, on my martini. Meh. You can't turn your back on Jackie. She's fucking going to drink you out of house and home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so the sangria, um, it's more like a uh, apple base, not so much, spa- well, most sangrias are, but it's not so much Spanish flavors. You're getting more of that, like, um, coastal Americana flavors in there, and it's pretty good. Non-alcoholic, though, I'm telling you, just take an apple cider, like a regular one, even if you want to do sparkling, but what I'm going to tell you to do is probably going to take out the carbonation in it so maybe not waste your time take an apple cider cut up some fruit whatever you like dump it in there maybe put in a little bit of sugar you're probably like that's a lot of sugar it is okay but there's no alcohol so if i could stay with me put a little bit put it in the fridge for like a day let the fruit kind of settle and then take it out give it a good stir and go for it. You're going to get that sort of like fermented flavor with the cider, but it's not alcoholic. So you're welcome. Sounds good. Yeah. I think I might even just make it for the kids and then drink all of it. (laughs) Maybe add some Prosecco or something. (laughs) Yeah. Can we have that? No. (laughs) All right. Alcohol. We got a drinking game this week. I actually did not find any drinking games. So, came up with three of my own rules. So, while you are watching the movie, you should drink every time Kaya narrates. Every time a bird is seen, which will probably get you pretty shwasted. Yeah. Um, But are you saying like a full-ass bird, or do you count the feathers? No, just a bird, just a bird like bird. an actual living bird. Um, and then every time Kaya is in a boat. 
Oh, yeah. Which is like which 50 to 75% of the movie. She's like in prison in a boat. Yeah. Uh, which is surprising because the amount of time that she spends in the boat in the movie is really exaggerated. Mm-hmm. She's not spending that much time in the boat in the book. But anyway, we're going to get to that. Yep. I'm already like on a little bit of a soapbox here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So before we get into that, let's talk about who read first and who watched first. Jackie got fucked again, so she read first. Me. Getting <laughs> so used go ahead, to it. Jackie. Tell us what you got. Uh, I read the Kindle, obviously, because that's what I do. Um, although I have my microphone sitting on top of a couple books, and one of them is Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Mm-hmm. So that will be an actual paperback that I'm reading. Amazon sent me two by accident. Don't come Amazon. That's <laughs> Shh, your problem. Don't, don't, don't tell Amazon. I don't care. It's their problem. <laughs> It's their fault. Well, it's kind of like the uh, the phone case that Nick got me for Christmas. The package came from England, and there was two in there. So okay, yeah, I got a backup. Like not my problem. Yeah, um, it was uh published fourteen August twenty eighteen. G. P. Putnam's Sons. Um, and then I watched on Netflix. Mel, I watched first, so I watched twice first. I actually saw this in the theater when it was out with my mother and my husband. Um, I don't know why I, I agreed to it, but my mom's like, I really just want to see it. I hear about it on the radio and Taylor Swift has that song. But like in her super New York accent, she's like, I want to see it because Taylor Swift has that song out. It's all over the radio. And I heard it's with this movie. It's supposed to be really good. We, Witherspoon <laughs> says we should see it. And I'm like, all right, mom, whatever. I don't know how I, I wrangled Steven into it, but um, he, he'll he do whatever my mom asks. My mom loves well, him. I also think it's funny because I was here when, when you guys oh, yeah, went to you go were see like, that. Oh, yeah, you were like, no, I'm good. I don't want to do it. <laughs> no, you sent me the text, just crawdads, question mark. I'm like, what? But Jackie, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm not, not, not in the mood. I don't, I don't know. Jackie was brawless in her room reading, so she's like, I can't. She's like, the bra uh, that's is my, off. That's my ideal state. Once that bra comes off, it's not coming back on. No. But there is one time that we went to go get Mexican food, and that was enough that Jackie left. And then as we're sitting there, she's like, I didn't put a bra on. (laughs) (laughs) Chips and queso will get us out of the house, but nothing else. So I'm still in my bra, and I'm like, fine, mom. Chips, queso, and dos equis. That's that's what will get me out of the house. But I don't know why Steven agreed to it. I think it's just because my mom loves him and he'll, he's such a sucker for her. So he'll do like, he's like, all right, yeah, sure. I'm like, there's no way he's going to fucking like this movie. And he didn't. (laughs) He looked like he was in physical pain the entire time. (laughs) And then after we left, he's like, that movie was about a swamp slut. I'm like, what? I'm like, no, you can't say that. He's like, I don't understand what happened. I was like, there's a lot of stuff that happened. It was like a deep story. She was abandoned. He's like, and then she just started fucking people. I'm like, I don't really think that's what happened. <laughs> Two people. That's it. <laughs> Two people. That one uh, <laughs> but then, okay, for this, though, I, I went ahead and it is available on Netflix right now. So if you have Netflix, it's there. I watched it again. Um but I made sure that I turned it on when we were in our room and Steven was in bed. So he was my captive audience. And he was like, oh, no, not this again. I'm like, ha, 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 
Is, is that why you started reading Ice Planet Barbarians? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did. I, my husband is now reading Ice Planet Barbarians. I forced him into it. And I think he's... Okay, so he doesn't have Kindle Unlimited, and I do, and I'm like, I okay, this is how Jade because I turned him like it's on Kindle Unlimited. He goes, I don't have that. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have that? He's like, <laughs> I don't, what? He's like, he's like, I'm not reading that much. I'm like, so I had to give him my iPad to bring up the Kindle app so he could read it because I have it in my library. <laughs> so he's been reading it the last like night and a half. Uh, anyway. Uh, so I read the Putnam Sons uh, trade paper de- paperback edition, which was published March of 2020. There are so many different editions of this book. Did you see that in the publication yeah. page? Well, so on uh, Goodreads, because you can look at all the different yeah. editions and review based on whatever edition, I guess, Kindle, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but there are so many. And this book is not that old. That's what I was like, man, how no. many prints do you need? Um, of course, the one that I have does have the stupid, it's a sticker, but not a sticker mm-hmm. on the cover, which is like, now, a major motion picture. Like, cool. Thank you. And then it has like this weird, um, I don't even know what you call it, like a banner on the side. And it's oh. like, the worldwide sensation. I'm like, okay. Because right. Reese Witherspoon says so. Oh, yeah. I just noticed this. There's another fucking sticker, not sticker on it. Reese's Book Club. And it's, I don't know what this is supposed to be, but it just looks like somebody like drew all over their finger in highlighter and then just like pressed it. It's this weird like yellow thumbprint oh, looking thing. Weird. God, don't these people like pay professionals to do like this? You know design? what probably happened? Somebody's kid was into finger painting and they had paint all over the place and they got right. paint on their thumb and then it pressed down. They're like, like oh brilliant idea. This is amazing. We're going to copyright it. I, I get that you want to just be like super proud of your book and put all this stuff on there, but this, I think this just has too much on it because at the top, got New York Times bestseller, which I mean, that's like reasonable but then it has all these other stupid like logos and stuff on it i just i don't know i don't know and actually i don't really like this cover i think it's stupid which one do you I, have i have this one is she's in her fucking canoe oh, yeah okay. you notice that it's she's in a canoe that's that she's in a fucking canoe look at that jackie she doesn't have Move a it canoe. over to your right a little bit a little over to your left oh yeah Jeez. Yeah, the I just noticed that. The picture of it is she's in a fucking canoe. Like, that's not what she's boating around in. Let me, s- not- let me see what I have on Kindle. I actually do enjoy the movie poster. The, the, like, her face with the hair. I think it's pretty artistic. That's, that's actually what I have for my book cover, I think, oh, on okay. Kindle. I would have preferred the, that that cover to this because it's just it's like this gaudy peachish color yeah i like that i like the the movie poster one in her actual boat that she's in not the fucking yeah so yeah can't win them all 
Jackie, you read first, so why don't you give us the Goodreads synopsis or the back of the book? Where'd you get it from? Overview. Uh, Goodreads. Uh, for years, rumors of, quote, the Marsh Girl, end quote, haunted Barkley Cove, a quiet fishing village. Kaya Clark is barefoot and wild, unfit for polite society. So in late 1969, when the popular Chase Andrews is found dead, locals immediately suspect her. But Kaya is not what they say. A born naturalist with just one day of school, she takes life's lessons from the land, learning the real ways of the world from the dishonest signals of fireflies. But while she has the skills to live in solitude forever, the time comes when she yearns to be touched and loved. Drawn to two young men from town, who are each intrigued by her wild beauty, Kaya opens herself to a new and startling world until the unthinkable happens. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, that 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 Chase is dead, like they say earlier in the description. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> till the unthinkable happens, and like, yeah. you j- like you just literally talked about it. Yep, yep. <laughs> Plot twist. Yep. Uh, interesting facts. Uh, Owens, the author, has a BS in zoology and a PhD in animal behavior. Oh my god, I found an article. I don't know how a- accurate this is. Excuse me. But apparently, like, she was involved in some sort of murder case. Yeah, in uh, Africa. <laughs> they, uh, I, and I read, I read an article that said that while she was not a sub, uh, suspect, mm-hmm. she was labeled as a person of interest because she might have some kind of insight as to what happened. I feel like that's the same thing. Yeah. The cops want to talk to you. Yep. I feel like when there's a murder, any sort of murder investigation going on, I don't want them to have any reason to talk to me. Yep. Anyway. Yep. Yeah, she was fascinated with very strong female social groups and was determined to write a novel that would explore how isolation affects people, especially women. Which... It's really random. Yeah, that that really is. I mean, I think isolation obviously is going to affect people different ways but Mm -hmm. i don't think it really has anything to do with gender it has everything to do with circumstance yeah because if you put like a boy in that same situation i think 90 percent of what happened in the uh the story would be the same and actually i think if he got put on trial for murder probably gonna have a pretty different outcome just saying Oh, FYI, uh, we're going to get into spoilers. So if you have not read this or watched it, um, we're going to spoil it for you. So baby, maybe like back up a little bit. Maybe just pause, go figure that out and come back. Unless you don't care. I actually don't care about spoilers. When people tell me like, I don't want to spoil it for you. I'm like, do it. If Mm -hmm. I didn't read it or watch it at the appropriate time when it was relevant, then it's my fault. Yeah. What's the time frame that people are supposed to have? I think if it's for a movie, you have 90 days. Okay. Because at 90 days, it's either still in the theater or it's been out and it's streaming now, like in the, you know, after COVID time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Or if it's a show, I think 90 days, you're uh, for most like, like Game of Thrones or something. I think that that's a season. So I, I would give you 90 days after the season's over to get caught up. That kind of deal. Yep. But when the next season starts, anything from season the prior, that's your fault. 
anyway. Which is why I'm surprised that Nick has held off so long on spoiling Game of Thrones for Annabelle. Maybe yeah. because, you know, he's like, this is my daughter. I love her. I'll, I'll bend the rules for her. <laughs> also, but because what? it's a little bit different for her. Not, I'm actually surprised that she hasn't had spoilers just come up like if she's on social media or something. Um, but because when Game of Thrones was at the height, she was too young to watch it. So mm-hmm. that's a, it's a little bit of a different like we let that go because we're like, we didn't want you watching it when it was relevant. So you can yeah. watch it now. We won't ruin it. That well, it's just a test- testament to her self-discipline. Hmm. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, apparently, Owens wrote the ending first of the book, which made it kind of a struggle to structure the story with the back and forth. Ugh. You know who else wrote the ending first? No. Stephanie Meyer. Twilight. So here we go. Ending first, Twilight Crawdad. Got it. <laughs> How do you really feel, Mel? <laughs> oh, don't worry. We're going to get there. Okay. <laughs> and uh, according to the author, none of the plot was based on an actual true story. Bullshit. Um, <laughs> however, she says that she identifies a lot with Kaya. In the loneliness aspect. Mm-hmm. Mel, what about the movie? What about the movie? Ugh. Okay, IMDb, you know, we love them. Just that blunt, this is what it is. Here we go. A woman who raised herself in the marshes of the Deep South. Is North Carolina the Deep South? No. And yeah. I was going to say that it is not the Deep South. Deep South, I would consider like Southern Georgia, Panhandle of Florida, Mississippi, Alabama. Alabama, Louisiana. Maybe a little bit of Arkansas. Yeah. Well, yes. Arkansas is always Deep South. Mm-hmm. Um, that is Deep South. Freaking anywhere you can take a bus and get there within a few hours to Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah. That is not deep south. No. Yeah. So uh, this is coastal am, North Carolina. Yeah. It's not deep south. I, this somebody in New York wrote this. And I can say that because I'm from New York. <laughs> <laughs> so a woman who, who raised herself in the marshes of scratch that uh, coastal North Carolina becomes a suspect in the murder of a man with whom she was once involved. I do appreciate that they use the appropriate home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> so it was directed by Olivia Newman. I'm not familiar with that director, like, at all. Me neither. Yeah. She she did it. Yay. Women. Uh, runtime is two hours and five minutes. I know that now in these these times, the standard for a movie that's doesn't seem like it's long. But you remember when Jagged when like the standard for a movie was like an hour and forty minutes. Yep. And they didn't want it going like past two hours, but now that's that's the standard. And then we have Avatar three and a half hours, and we're like, ah, all right. Yep. Can we stop? Can we like listen? If you have a movie that needs to go past the time in which my bladder can contain itself, then maybe <laughs> it shouldn't be a movie. Maybe, I mean, there's there's so many outlets right now for limited series, do a Netflix special. Like, it, you're making more money, I think, at that point. Can you not make me piss my pants? 
in the theater. So Olivia Newman has directed uh, TV, that show FBI. Oh. She's also directed. I don't like that show. Some Chicago PD, Chicago Fire stuff. Ugh. I really hate those types of shows that have just a, a thousand spinoffs. And then they're like, oh my God, we're having where they're all together. Yeah. And didn't they, didn't Chicago, the Chicago, like, whatever series or whatever they are, um, Universe, let's call them Universe, didn't they uh, have a crossover with all the Law and Order as well? Yeah. Yeah. Stop. Please stop. Yeah, it's, it's so fucking uh, cringe. Uh, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, and Chicago Med, and then Law and Order SVU, and mm. then uh, the new, newer spinoff of Law yeah, and Order, like, which like a, with a uh, Elliot came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they they all like all five shows did a crossover week. I hate it. I really just and I don't like. I love some SVU. Don't get me wrong. Love it. I like not older SVU, not older. recent SVU. I like 2015 back after that. It's just it's just a bit too much. Like I get that you want to talk about um current events and things that are going on. I get it. But like I don't need it all the time. I don't need you to preach to me. I just want to escape for a minute, okay? Um so it's like 2015 back. I, these crossovers, when I see them, the, like, because they promote them hard, because, you know, they put a lot of money into that, and I'm like, stop. It's so cringe. It makes me roll my eyes and just... You know what saves you from that? What? Not watching network television. Yeah, and I don't anymore. Like, I'll watch a movie, maybe I'll, like, watch some true crime documentary on uh, Netflix. I made Jackie watch three days worth of Dahmer shit like I that's what I'll do I can't deal with this I see it I'm like please 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 because please explain this to me why is New York NYPD special victims unit messing around with Chicago why the only reason is because somebody went from Chicago to New York, but the thing is, is then the FBI would be involved. Yes. Yes. This is not like Illinois and New York going, we got this. No, the minute you you cross state lines, especially if it's something like a sexual crime or if it has something to do with kids, like the FBI is just already there, mm-hmm. already there, like Chinese delivery food, like it. They're just, I'm here, or you know, everybody's The FBI show is on a different network, so I guess they they weren't available. That show is so stupid. (laughs) Anyone who likes it out there, like, I'm, listen, I totally support you watching what you enjoy. This is just my personal opinion. I fucking hate it. Well, I'm I'm going to tell you right now, Mel, you saved me from shit like that because I used to watch those shows. I know you did. And then you're like, then you're like, here are books. Yeah, read, here, read something. Read this, Jackie. It has an orc in it. <laughs> With a lot of Well, fears. at the time at the time it was a knife wheel wielding uh unicorn fanny pack wearing yes. uh <laughs> it's like lovely, Jackie. lovely human being named Diesel. <laughs> it's like Jackie, Jackie, do you know what a reverse harem is? Oh, oh you don't. Okay, here you go. And there and here we are now. Education. <laughs> Education. 
We're taking like, you from kindergarten to senior year right yeah. now. I was like, did Chicago PD do that? No. No, they didn't. Definitely not. Definitely not. It's just a lot of bad acting, bad writing, and bad filming. But if you like it, I mean, me too, you boo boo. We support it. I don't even yeah. know where we were, Jackie. We are so off on a tangent right now. Uh, oh. You were talking about Olivia Newman, and then okay. I made the mistake of going into IMDb and seeing what else she's directed. She's so. done TV. She's probably... Oh, you said... Oh, Chicago. That's... Okay. Yeah, got it. The Chicago shows and FBI. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Olivia. Two hours, five minutes. Avatar was too long. You know what? I did. I did have to get up and go to the bathroom during Avatar. Oh, the did you? Water. Yeah. My bladder controlled itself for that. It was like a but long time. But I, I went and got another beer. So yeah, it was worth it. You yeah. probably missed yeah. nothing. Um, yeah. This makes a lot of sense that she directed these types of shows because I will tell you this: for watching it in the theater. I, okay, I did not hate the movie. I'm not going to, like, shit on it too hard. But there were moments where I'm like, this kind of feels TV-ish. Mm-hmm. Like, the lighting, maybe, or just, like, the way that the, the actors were staged and what they were doing. I'm like, yeah. oh, now it makes sense. Okay, Olivia, I got you, boo. Yeah, two hours, five minutes. It It's, like, I think we're, that's the standard now. It's average. It is PG-13. It just has, like, a slightly adult content in it. But there is that scene, the motel scene, mm-hmm. that I was actually surprised. I guess that's, I guess that's PG-13 now. I feel like back in our day, it would, that would have pushed it up, or maybe not. Well, there's, there's no actual visual oh, yeah, of what's it's, happening. It's not like sharp objects where you're like, whoa! Yeah. Oh yeah. shit! HBO yeah. had to block that out. Now that's intense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, estimated budget for this twenty four million, which I think for this is standard. But opening oh, worldwide though, it did make one hundred and forty million, so it did well. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot behind it. You had the Reese Witherspoon book club i think you had oprah supporting it you had the taylor swift song that mm-hmm. came out that she was using for it um and speaking of taylor swift it's that she pr- produced and wrote the main song which is called carolina i listened to the literally the first word of it and i was like oh got it because i think it starts with carolina <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i've actually heard it um it sounds like it's fine I but just, I, I I don't know if that song came out at the same time that everybody was saying, uh, or there were rumors floating around that Taylor Swift was going back to country. Oh, is that a rumor? It was for a bit. Like I a feel split like second. she's the artist now. Like she's big enough where she could literally put out whatever she wants. Yeah, and people are gonna buy it. Yeah, there's a big thing all over social media right now about how um. Her, I guess the the new album that she put out or something, um, and then the tour that they announced. I think this is accurate. There's going to be some Swifty fans out there. They're like, "Oh my god, you're so dumb." We are, and we're old. Okay, I'm sorry. I I respect Taylor Swift. I think she's so talented, and she's done a lot for herself. And I also like the I, like. I saw her stuff. open up. I saw her open up for Brad Paisley back in 2007. Yeah, that's how old we are. It was my first concert after annabelle was born and that was when tim mcgraw 
just came out. Her song, Tim McGraw. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, I mean, she can put out a country song now. I think she has yeah. put out. I don't know. You know, I'm not going to say anything because yeah. I'm probably putting my foot in my mouth. Taylor, do whatever you want. Yeah. People are going to listen to it. And anyway, yep. country music is on regular radio stations now. Yeah. When I've gone up to New York uh, and, like, uh, back home and switched back to, like, the normal stations that I would typically listen to when I was in high school and college, there's country music on there now. They'll play a country song. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's more on the, like, poppy side of country spectrum. Yeah. Um, but it's there. And well, I'm telling you, when I was in high school, never. The first country song I ever heard in my life was when I was in the army and it wasn't even on the radio. It was all of the other people in my unit singing a Garth Brooks song. I think it was, <laughs> I have friends in low places. It was that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? And why does everybody know the words? They're like, it's a Garth Brooks song. I'm like who the fuck is Garth Brooks? <laughs> and they're looking at me like, bitch, you, you're not serious. I'm like, I don't, I am from New York, the city, okay? And I went to high school in Long Island. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know who Garth Brooks is. But that was like, I got friends and blue. But yeah, that's the song. In a cattle car is when I heard it. Anyway, enough of that. Okay. Our favorite part, Jackie, the reviews. Are you ready? Oh, God. I found so many. So many get it like the the list that i have i had to pare down (laughs) you have some chonky ones too well they're not as chonky and these are complete reviews these are not the freaking novels or novellas that people freaking write yeah Um, i don't i just feel like it's unnecessary but some of them are kind of funny on goodreads like when they put the gifts and all the images and stuff in there and they sort of yeah. like paint this picture for you. I yeah. appreciate those, but I'm, I'm letting you know right now, we're never going to use them in the podcast. It's just too much. No, Unless I skip, like really honestly, I skip right over them because if I can't copy and paste the text mm-hmm. without having all the pictures where I'm going to have to go back and delete and stuff like that. If I'm, I have I'm to, if it has right that option it. for more, mm-hmm. like, where you're looking at it in the box in the standard box and it says more to like read more. I I'm like, nope, moving on. It could be the funniest shit ever. But if it says more, I'm like, mm, mm-mm, it's too long. Yeah. It's too long. It doesn't fit in the box. You gotta check it. <laughs> okay. Uh and another thing I noticed trend with the Goodreads reviews is the higher stars, so like four and five, um, mm-hmm. are more serious. <laughs> when you get to the three and below they get really funny. Really funny. So the people that liked it, the real pretentious ones, are like, no, you have to like this, and I'm going to tell you yeah. why. Yeah. They got it. I like and, it. And the ones that didn't like it, or were just kind of like, meh, um, <laughs> this is their uh, stand-up comedy. Um, <laughs> Goodreads, 4.42 out of 5. It was roughly two and a quarter million ratings. And about 172,000 reviews. Do you say two and a half million? Uh, two and a quarter. 2.25. So million. over two million. I think that's mm-hmm. the highest rated book we've done in here. Even higher than... Probably. Because uh, Little Women was like over a million or something. Yeah. Yeah, this might be the highest one we've done. Yeah. Thank you, Reese. Hmm. Um... <laughs> 
Five out of five was 59%. Four out of five was 27%. And the rest was just about 11% between the three, two, and one. It's like (laughs) 10.7%. And honestly, I think a lot of this has to do with peer pressure. I think because it was on Reese's Book Club and they made the movie, the people Mm -hmm. who read it are people who are fans of that stuff anyway. Yeah. So they're the ones that are going to review it. And, and if you liked it, you liked it. This Oh, it. yeah. Yeah. Don't don't say that you liked it for any particular reason, which the five out of fives that I found and mm-hmm. even the four out of fives that I, I looked at didn't say anything about the book club or anything like that. So at least people who are reviewing it are liking it because they actually liked it. But <clears throat> sure. Five out of five. I'm typically skeptical. Skeptical. No, I like the way you pronounce it. Skeptical. Yeah. Skeptical. It's like it's like getting Lisa to say inhibitioned. (laughs) In a in a un uninhibitioned. What? What What is that word? But use it, please. I I love you. I love you, Lisa. (laughs) Um, I'm typically skeptical of books that are hyped to high heavens and end up on every book club list for months straight. Not because they aren't worthy, but because I can't let my expectations get the best of me and keep me from enjoying a wonderful book. This book exceeded my already high expectations. It emanates a quiet power, a slow drawing in and connection of reader to book. One that I found myself able to get lost in due to the lush atmosphere and the depth of emotion. I can see now why this book is getting so much attention and I'm thrilled to see that for once the hype train was right on track. Ugh. Cool. That was a good review. Yeah. 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 Good job. Uh, three out of five. Uh, this is a... How do you even say that word? Payin? What? Payin? Oh, this is a... P-A-E-A-N. I think there's. I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, This is a pie into nature and reminds us that we are a part of a great and wondrous world. The first part of the book was my favorite when Kaya was abandoned. That's dark. That's dark. What? Uh, She starts to be even more attuned to nature and learns how to survive on her own. Her young crush on Tate is also very well done. When the story began to unravel for me was the introduction of Chase and his murder, which his murder is introduced at the very freaking beginning of the book. It's the prologue, isn't it? Yeah. Right? Oh, Payan, it is Payan, and it's a noun, and it's a song or praise of triumph. So it's it's an ode. Yeah, that's what I say. I was like, it sounds like it's an ode. Yeah, a song of praise or triumph. So ode. I was right. I'm smart. Yeah. That's right. I, I got a master's in this shit. That's right. <laughs> I was just going to say, your degree is useful. Yay! <laughs> I felt like the author took on too much and tried to arrange a tidy end to a story that could have been reconciled quite differently. I hated the trial and thought it dragged on forever and tried my patience. The epilogue was not needed either. I felt betrayed by the surprise tucked into the ending and felt it neglected all the good that had come before. Wait a minute. They didn't like the plot twist? No. So what? Okay. All right. Okay. 
So what did they think happened? That's what I, <laughs> I want to know. I, I, I think, honestly, they would have been happy if the trial had been shortened. They found out that Kaya was found not guilty and fiend. That's it. Fade to black. No, I, I, you know me, Jackie. I need closure. I, mm-mm, yeah. Mm-mm. There was no way I would have walked away from that book going, oh, okay. If yeah. I swear to God, if we would have <laughs> You would have been like, end, who did it? <laughs> I No, I'm serious. I would have been yeah. fucking fuming at the end. And they're like, oh, she's not guilty. I'm like, that's fantastic. Great for her. Now, who killed him? Yeah. What happened? Did he yeah. fall? Did he trip? Why was he up there? Who was with him? Where's yeah. his necklace? And there she's just like, no, it's okay. Just get And where are all and... the fingerprints and footprints? And I don't even care about that. Stuff. I don't even care about it. I just want to know, why is he dead in the mud? Yeah. Kaya didn't do it. Now tell me who did. Yep. Sorry. I get that, that whole, like, I don't want closure kind of review. Mm. No, that makes me angry. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I need it. It gave me anxiety. I feel a lot of anxiety right now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the next one is also a three out of three, but it's only a portion of it. The person gave it a 3.5 in the text because Goodreads does not half stars. Um, Mm -hmm. But the reason I picked this was because my godfather complained about the English patient when I was in Switzerland one time visiting them because it jumps around so much. Oh, that's random. You're just sitting there like over tea and he's like, you know what? That well, my sister and I had gone to see it in the theater oh, in Switzerland. Okay. The it would have been funnier if it was just random. Yeah. No. <laughs> and I was just like, this sounds like Uncle Mux. God rest his soul. He died. But, you know, he was he was and such he never a good got human being. But he And he provides me with great memories. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you, Uncle Mux. I think I got whiplash from how much this book jumped around. First, it was a tale of a broken family from the back from a backwater town. Then it was a tale of survival mixed with a police procedural. Then it was a romance inter- intermixed with a courtroom drama. Then it was ex- an extended epilogue, which, which for me ruined the only earlier scene that actually impacted me emotionally when Kaya can't be comforted after trial. I think if it focused on just the family survival romance redemption and further developed that, then it would have been much happier. So this is another one that doesn't want closure. Yeah. What is wrong with you people? Well, maybe they would have taken the murder out of it completely. That he just fell and just happened to lose the necklace that he never took off? Or just completely take Chase out. No. No. <laughs> I object. I don't accept it. I need closure. <laughs> okay, this is another three out of five. I'm sorry I'm going so long with the reviews, but I saw no. this is just like a wealth of just material. I love it. <laughs> um, honorable mention. This story was high- hardly overwhelming, but it wasn't underwhelming. In conclusion, then, this book was very whelming. It gets three stars for that. <laughs> that was uh, an author. His name is Andy Marr. Oh, and God. I applaud you, Andy sir. Andy Marr. Yeah. Okay. It's just whelming. <laughs> and it just made me think of 10 Things I Hate About You. 
I, you know what? You can be overwhelmed and you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? I feel like apparently with this book relate to that review because I'm like it is because it's like it's not underwhelming because there's a lot, but it's not overwhelming. Yes, I think he's Mm -hmm. right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I have three one star reviews. Two of them are pretty short. One of them is a little bit chonkier, but not too bad. Uh, number one of the one out of five. I envied Kaya's mother for walking out of this book on page six and not having to suffer through the rest of it like I did. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is just one humble podcaster's opinion, but uh, part of our podcast name is DNF, which stands for did not finish. That is an option. Not for us, though. Unfortunately, not not for us, but we do this for you so that you don't have to finish it. (laughs) You're welcome. Basically, on page six, the mother walks out and is like, please take me with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, 2023 energy right now is that. Listen to me. If you're reading the book and you just not feeling it, you better throw that bitch across the room either literally or figuratively if you're on kindle okay don't throw the kindle don't throw your phone yeah. don't throw your ipad but fucking dnf the shit out of that go ahead claim your trophy on goodreads and then move on with your life yeah mic drop the only thing i ask is that if you have a hard copy book donate it do something with it don't you can throw you it can... out don't burn it or no, anything no, 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 like no. that just but you can throw it or, or toss it first to, like, release the energy and then go yeah. find, like, we, I have one of those little, um, it looks like a birdhouse, but you put books in it. Oh, there. by the clubhouse? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, do I go there and take books? Yes, I do, because there's some good books in there. Okay. Have I put any in there? I plead the fifth. Okay. <laughs> I, I might. I'm gonna, because I have some extra books in there. <laughs> okay. Uh... Next one out of five, chonkier one, but not too bad. I can't even imagine how this book has a four plus star rating. The characters, including the protagonist, are so simplistic as to be unbelievable. The plot is trite. The dialogue is atrocious and offensive. A girl who basically raises herself in a swamp speaks perfect King's English while every black character... And this is a quote from the freaking review. I'm just telling you guys right now. Goes round speaking like they done grow did grow up in that there barn. Yeah, but Um, did they not? Did they? Yeah. And did they not read her dialogue in the first part of the book? Yeah. And the dad, like half the time, I don't even know what the fuck he was saying. She does not speak proper english until tate starts teaching her how to read and that's only because she's reading like science books and shit so she's reading all the latin names for stuff but she's still she's still talking like yeah so uh finishing out this review i'm 50 pages from the end and i refuse to waste another minute reading this type this uh also i usually put the books i finish in my uh little free library but i'm throwing this one in the recycle bin no so if you're 50 pages from the end why not just finish it 
listen, Jackie, we have to stand with it. If you don't want to finish it, don't. It seems Actually, like this, a lot of time. They might have been more angry by finishing it because they would have been like, oh my God, this author gave us closure. I don't want anything to do with this. Bullshit. But just put it in the little free library. Yeah, one man, was- one person, sorry, one person's trash is another person's treasure. So, yeah, this is like. Just mm-hmm. go on with that. And final, final review before I waste too much of everybody's time. <laughs> um, That's all this podcast is. <laughs> one out of five. I like COVID more than this novel. Damn. It's coronavirus. Shit. And with that, I pass it off to you, Mel. That one out of one was savage. Yeah. Yeah. All right, movie. Movie is 7.1 out of 10 with about 68 plus thousand reviews. The highest concentration was 7 out of 10 with 27.4%. 10 out of 10 was at 12.2. And then 1 out of 10 was at uh, a little of uh, 1.1%. So it's, it looked like a middle finger again. <laughs> yeah. If you put it sideways. 10 out of 10. Best movie of 2022. Wow exclamation point me and five guys and 1000 women enjoyed this on opening weekend great books make for a great movie a story well told well acted well directed would recommend to anyone 13 to 99 like a lego set great movie (laughs) so i'm gonna assume that this is a man that wrote this and he enjoyed it yeah good good for you going opening weekend yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe they were hoping to pick up chicks. That's a good place to do. I mean, maybe not the best, but I, you know, you do. I you. guarantee you most of the women that went to see this opening weekend were married and left their kids with their husband or partner. It's possible, but I, I don't know. I think you probably have a mixture there. Yeah. Seven out of ten. Because that's the highest. I'm going to give you this. Three Spoons of Sugar is the title. I have not read the book, but the film, though, fabulously beautiful to look at. It is something of a damp, wet Tuesday afternoon yarn, more mm-hmm. suited to television than the big screen. That is a sentence and a half right there. Yeah. I don't know what's going on, but I agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> what is a damp, wet Tuesday afternoon? Like, how do you even categorize yarn, that? Yarn. Tuesday afternoon yarn. Oh. Yeah, it, it goes on. Like, it doesn't stop. Yeah. I don't know what hmm. that... I think it means, like, this should be a Hallmark movie or well, a Lifetime. Well, yarn, yarn is another word for telling a story, I guess, so... Fair enough. You're sitting around on the porch and it's raining. Oh, Jesus. And grandma's telling a story spinning a yarn down there yonder mm. Mm. where mm. them anyway. crawdads sing and where them crawdads sing anyway <laughs> the situation is hardly credible and the plot is wildly melodramatic but has at least a surprise twist that is not badly handled fine Nonetheless, the epilogue almost ruined the movie for me. The story certainly did not benefit from even more slop. Again, somebody else who doesn't <laughs> want fucking closure. Oh my god! All right, hold on. A second. I gotta compose myself. Jesus, take the wheel. So many soapbox soapbox uh, yeah. opportunities. Uh, it's, it's ruined it. I was happy, and then they just went ahead and told me the truth. Fuck. 
Okay. One out of ten. As bad as the book. Manic Pixie Dream Girl and the Mystery in the Marsh. That's what they title it. <laughs> I had to skim the overwrought prose of the super overrated book. And I really wanted to fast forward through this pretentious nonsense of a film. It's a plot you've seen a thousand times. Really? Okay. Uh, before. And you'll see the ending long before you finish your popcorn. Fine. I think I also agree with this, but... <laughs> Manic Where Pixie is this, Dream Girl. How, how, how many times has this plot shown up before? Yeah, this is weird. Um, I, I want I, examples. Okay, I'm not going to disagree with it, but I wonder like what they mean by the plot. Do they mean like, like um, simple girl falls for you know, Prince Charming and then Prince Charming's like, no, you're too good for me. I can't, no, we can't be together. And then she falls for evil Prince and then evil Prince turns out to be evil when she ends up with good Prince. Is that like what they mean? Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. I want examples. Cause I feel like Marsh girl getting arrested for murdering football, like small town football stars. I don't, I don't know if I've, I mean, I'm sure it exists. I mean, she, was, who said that, like, there's only, like, three original stories out there ever, and everything's just a play on that. So, like, I'm not going to disagree, but I'm a little confused. Anyway. Yeah, I want I want examples. Cite, mm. cite your sources. Yes. Okay. Last one. One out of ten. Another one that was fantastic. Shallow, unbelievable nonsense. Incredibly shallow. And the most unbelievable portrayal of the 1960s U.S. South on screen. This I will agree with 100%. Weak dialogue and very contrived with 2D characters. Fair enough. Cleanest and prettiest swamp people I've ever seen in my life. Yes, because I was just wondering, how is she taking care of her teeth? Mm -hmm. Her teeth should be rotted out of her yeah. mouth. Yeah. And she should probably have some sort of um, degree of scurvy. Yeah. If all she's eating is grits. Yeah. Yep. Scurvy. Mm-hmm. She should look like a straight-up stage two syphilis Victorian But apparently she's beautiful. Yeah, like beautiful. Her hair's luscious. To the point, to the point of being captivating. And the one thought that occurred to me the entire time I was both reading the book and watching the movie is, mm -hmm. where's the soap? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. No soap. She doesn't actually bathe in the house. She goes down, I think it's mentioned once somewhere. Yeah. Where basically she just goes down to the beach and, um. Which would be better than the marsh because the marsh is essentially stagnant water that's just mm -hmm. sitting there growing mm -hmm. algae mm -hmm. and God knows what else. So. Yeah, yeah. She's just everyday salt water. Probably not. She's probably only bathing like once in a while. But yeah. it's very true. Like, just because you have sort of torn and smudgy overalls doesn't mean that you're filthy. Because the every time she goes to jump in store, she only buys grits, maybe matches, a candle or two. Yeah, um, yeah she does the mussels. She, she does that sometimes. Yeah. She smokes the fish. So she's yeah. getting some protein. Um, and then she had the turn like what turnip greens or something. Yeah, she grows some stuff in the garden. But, but that but was like any, leftover from her mom. 
Yeah, but anytime she goes to jump in store, when she brings the mussels or the smoke fish to yeah. trade for goods or money, I don't think she's had a piece of fruit in her life. All right, let's get into the casting of this with the characters. So, main character being Kaya Clark, but it's really like Catherine something. This is played by Daisy Edgar Jones. Her IMDb, she has a lot of more um, British produced stuff, like shows and some smaller roles, but she's getting obviously bigger roles. Uh, One of the big ones, though, is that new uh, War of the Worlds Mm -hmm. show. Steven really watched it. I watched a couple episodes of it and I was like, oh, it's fine. She was in that, though. Interesting fact about her in this movie, though, is she is British. So she had to work with an, um, a dialect coach to get the, they call it, uh, fr- oh, then her name or his name, I think is Frankie Brown. And he's a master of the Southern American accent. Okay. I, but there, there are so many different accents in the South. Like the, the accent in Charleston is completely different than the one in Georgia, which is completely different in well, North I, Carolina and what I'm getting from this is that he obviously knows them all. Yeah. And he's okay. a teacher in this. So that's good on him. I would say though, when it comes to casting for this, I I think she was good. Like I didn't have any between the movie and the book going like, oh, this just doesn't sound like her. So I don't know if it's because I did watch the movie first and watched it in the theater like a while ago, or if it's because her face is plastered everywhere when they were promoting this movie. If that's just what I have tattooed in my brain of who she's supposed to be. But I, when I was reading the book, finally, when it came to the descriptions and character, it it, it made sense to me. So I, I think the way she sounded, the way she looked in comparison to the book, I think the casting on that was pretty good. Yeah, when, when I was looking at her uh, previous work, I didn't recognize her from anything. So mm-hmm. just like, whatever. And then we have Tate Walker, who is her first love interest. That is Taylor John Smith, who, when I saw this, I had to look it up. Yeah, John Keen from Sharp Objects. So call back yeah. to our um, previous episode that we've done. Yeah. I Now that it's finally in front of me and I'm like, I know who he is. I swear, every time I've seen this movie, I'm like, who is this dude? He looks so familiar. I know he's supposed to be 16, but he looks like he's 30. I'll forgive it. But <laughs> who is he? <laughs> And then this is the better one, is Chase Andrews, because I remember also being like, he also looks really familiar. Like, who is this dude? Uh, so he's played by Harris Dickens, uh, Dickinson, and he is Prince Philip from the second Maleficent, so Mistress of Evil, which yeah. Jackie knows that the Maleficent movies are my favorite. He looks so different. He does. When I saw that and I put that in the notes, I was like, holy shit. I had to pull up images and put them side by side. And I'm like, okay, so different. And acted so different. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. He was fantastic. He has range. He has range. (laughs) Definite range. Still fuck you, but good job. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Uh, Then we have Tom Milton, who is the lawyer. He is played by David Strathairn. Strathairn? Mm -hmm. Strathairn? Whatever. Uh, he's the guy from like all the Bourne movies and he is another one of these where he has that face where you're like I know that guy I don't know his name and I can't recall a single thing he's been in but I know I've seen him 
he's one of those faces. So I think he would be probably one of the more bigger actors in this movie in terms of like seniority and longevity. Yeah. Um. So here's the thing. There's not a lot about this lawyer in the book per se. Like later on we get to him. Yeah, he just... doesn't come in until the actual trial. Yeah. But in the movie, he's in the beginning. You see him walking around town. Mm-hmm. He is the retired lawyer that comes out of retirement to take this because he sort of, he knows that she's not going to get a fair trial. But in terms, I think you could have casted anybody in this role and it mm-hmm. wouldn't have made a difference because there wasn't any sort of character development to this dude. Yeah. So sure, why not? Then we have Mabel, who is the wife of the little sh- shoppy shacky place that they get like gas for the boats from and mm-hmm. she gets her grit sometimes in the movie uh, so that's the wife um, Mabel is played by I guess I don't is it Michael or Michael I guess so no I I think it's Michael I guess Michael could be a woman whatever Michael yeah. Hyatt uh, I've also seen her in like a bunch of stuff that I cannot recall but she has a, a pretty decent IMDb page. It's just yeah, small. Yeah, when I when I was going through the um, appearances in IMDb, it was one episode here, one episode there, like some I think Law and Order and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, so I have an issue with the casting on this, not with the actress at all. I don't think there was any issue. I think she did a good job for what they asked for. But and I'm not one to definitely like call out any sort of like that this is severely problematic in any means. But after reading the book and understanding what type of role Mabel played in this story, the casting to me is really, it is a little problematic because they're like, we just need to cast like a bigger black woman to give us that sort of like sassy Southern mother figure that's also like, you know, fuck the white man. Because they have her, like, rolling her eyes and being, you know, sassy in the store. Which is, it's funny and all. And, like, secretly you're like, yeah, fuck them. But the problem is, is in the story, that is not her character. She's never in the store. Yeah, and if she's there, it's because she's coming to the drop something off. Or because um, Jumpin' went to go get her. She's not at the store. And she's not having these interactions with the the town people mm-hmm. or, or the white people for that matter. Um, so I don't like this whole, oh, well, we need to have this sort of strong black woman character because that's almost like insinuating that Mabel's character in the book is not a strong black woman. Yeah. Because she's doing things that are sort of outside the norm or the boundaries is what's acceptable for you know a black woman in the late 50s early 60s so she's still doing that so it's like you're not giving the character credit for what she's doing already but you have to make sort of this like caricature of it of this like like mammy black woman character and i I feel like that's offensive i didn't Mm -hmm. have an issue with the character because i watched the movie first i didn't have an issue with her first I actually was like, oh, you know, cool. It kind of fits the norm of like this narrative. But after reading the book, I'm like, I don't, I, I just don't, like who was sitting around in a boardroom going like, well, how are we going to cast Mabel? Like, what are we going to do with her? And they're probably having this sort of like really 
well, we don't want to be racist and we want to be diverse and we want to have, um, you know, uh, <laughs> inclusivity and what do you call it? Um, oh my God, my words. Like you want to like uh, have different backgrounds and, and it's just the diversity. I'm, I'm fucking swimming for words right now. But the thing is, I feel like that conversation is almost inherently racist in the first place instead of them just being true to the story and portraying yeah. this character like she should have been portrayed, which is still a really good character. But anyway, mm -hmm. I have an issue with that. Not with the actress, just with how Hollywood took that character and morphed it. Jumpin' on the other hand, um, I think... I think it's it's pretty true. He did run that store. He is having a lot of interactions with, you know, the white folk in the area. They do sort of not treat him the best. They sort of treat him in that, like, we, you should be lucky that we tolerate you type of racist behavior, right? Well, um, there's a bunch of times in the movie where people refer to him as boy. They call mm -hmm. him boy, so. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that is pretty true mm -hmm. for the er that era. And also the way that he reacts to it mm -hmm. is very true, where he's just like, he's very polite, very sort of, and sort of like he expects it. But then obviously on, on the inside, it's it's grating on him. Mm -hmm. But he's, this is his livelihood. This is how he makes money. This is how he feeds his family. This is this is how he survives. So of yeah. course he's going to act away. I think the way they casted him and portrayed him in the movie did respect the story, but also at the same time, he doesn't really come around in the story till much later mm -hmm. where in the movie he's like immediately right he's right he's, there. he's much more developed as a father figure for kaya in the book yeah than yeah. he is in the movie and don't get me wrong like even though it's not explicit in the book you can tell that he is very um protective of her there's mm -hmm. those situations where he's like given her sort of you know looks and slight body language to let her know like no don't come here um <laughs> there's somebody looking for you so you have that so you have this man who's obviously like sticking his neck out for this little white girl because he is he is sort of this pseudo father figure so we do have that so he's a good character um then we have jody clark who is the brother the, when you get the older version, it says Logan McRae, who's, I, he's like in nothing. <laughs> this he's, is like his biggest he's, role. He's fairly new, and the only reason I included him is because he played, um, I think, I feel, a much bigger role in the book than he did the movie. He just kind of appears because in the book, he shows up at one point and he has the paintings from the mother. Yeah. That they hang up in the house, which they did not touch at all Yeah, on in the movie. At all. Yeah, they just sort of made it like, hey, not everyone's gone. Like, here's and, somebody. Yeah, and, and after her trial, he sticks around for a few days. Whereas mm -hmm. in the movie, he leaves almost immediately. He takes mm -hmm. her to the house and then he's gone. I think Jody's character just in general was a tool that the author used to close gaps. Mm -hmm. Like what happened to the mom? What happened with that letter? What happened? Like yeah. what happened to the other one? And it's as simple as him going like, I don't know, but mom's dead. You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I don't know. 
And it's also kind of weird that so she the mother leaves and goes to the sister. So that's what Jody's telling her. They don't know where the three older siblings are, but Jody knows that the mom finally went to the aunt and then the aunt found him some way. But here's the thing. Did this aunt not know where they were living? Yeah, and and that's a good question because in the book they talk about how she went through the Red Cross and the Red Cross reached out and found mm-hmm. him through the army. But the thing is, is really I, I could be totally wrong. I don't know if 1960s army is different than 2000s army, but the Red Cross has to know a name and a location. Yeah. And they had no idea that he was in the army. Mm-hmm. And he did three tours in Vietnam. Yeah. But... Well, two in the book, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a matter of time before... Well, after the mom leaves and gets to the aunt, her sister, in New Orleans, I think, before they all start leaving. Yeah. So you're telling me that this... Her sister shows up on her doorstep, absolutely cracked out of her mind. And her first inkling isn't to be like, where are your kids? Well, apparently the mother didn't realize she left the kids until much later. But here's here's my thing also. He's mm-hmm. in the army, right? Mm-hmm. Where did he go to school? Or how did he get his GED? Also, it was, the, it was during Vietnam. He said he did three tours in Vietnam. And you know, they had the draft. So, you know, if people are, are walking up to uh, volunteer, you know, they're not asking questions. But... Still, don't you have to have a high school diploma to get in the army in 1960s? They still give waivers for that shit now. Ask Stephen. He's infantry in the Marine Corps of Recon. And he said there's people that had waivers for everything. There's people that... He said there's a group of guys from the Cajun swamps of Louisiana that didn't even know how to read that were in his unit. Jesus. So if you don't know how to read, how the fuck did you sign your contract? Yeah. So I, I'm not surprised. I, I mean, I would think that things would be the same, if not worse, back in the 60s. But yeah. But they okay. obviously they knew an address to send a letter. The aunt sent a letter later on. You didn't know where these kids were. They mm-hmm. knew that they moved out into the swamps or the marshes. Like, that's part of the story. Well, the letter the didn't. The letter didn't go to the marshes. The letter went to Jody. When he was no. in the army already. Mm-mm. When they sent the letter, that's the letter that the dad. Uh, no, heard. that was from their mom. From the mom. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, they mailed a letter. And you're saying that, that when you didn't get a response, you have an address. Unless she didn't write it down anymore. But they sent the letter, even if it, even before. No, the mom, the mom sent the letter. F- from the aunt, she was still living with her sister. Yeah, but I'm saying if her if Kaya's mother didn't write the address down anywhere except for on that letter, it's gone. No, but what I'm saying is when the mom came to and remembered and sent the and was Oh, why aware, why didn't she why didn't she tell anybody or Or I'm assuming that she's like, I'm gonna send this letter. So I'm assuming she's talking to her sister about this. She wants to get her children. Yeah. But then he burns the letter. I think Jody says that something was sent back, uh, like at some point, um, and it's him that the dad threatening. But at that point, it's like if I were the aunt or the sister, I'd be like, "No, fuck that." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no, we're going to get <laughs> Go your kids. to the marshes of North Carolina and get those kids. 
Yeah, that's that's the whole thing. I just didn't understand. Like, I think it's just way too convenient for the author to be like, oh my yeah. god, she left in her gator shoes, and we never saw her again. And she wrote faux, a letter. Faux but I don't gator know shoes. Read. Yeah, yeah. And then Jody shows up to just close all those loose. Like, whatever, yeah. Jody. Anyway, Sheriff Jackson is played by um, Bill Kelly, another big, not big TV star, but he's just done a lot of TV shows. So you see his face, you're kind of like. I feel like I may have seen him mm-hmm. in something. Um, and then we have uh, Pa, who is I probably the more recognizable other than the lawyer. Definitely to me. Yeah. Yeah. So he was in Fear of the Walking Dead, Deadwood, The Mindy Project. So this is a Garrett Dillahunt. Dillahunt. Dillahunt, uh, yeah. Dillahunt. I definitely remember him from The Mindy Project. He plays mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Jody Kimball Kinney. Uh, he comes in a couple seasons in, and he's really funny in that yeah. show. He was a great actor. I think what he portrayed mm-hmm. as as the as Pa as the father, um, mm-hmm. really strong. And it again, I don't know if this is because I saw the movie a couple times before I read it, where I'm imagining him, but as I'm watching, like it didn't. As I'm reading, that's what I'm envisioning, and nothing like contradicted what i was reading moral of the story here though we have a lot of no-name actors we have a lot of tv actors so i'm going to go back to one of those reviews where it says this may have should have been a tv movie yeah anyway all right let's get into like the main part of this we'll get into the meat and potatoes here talk about where the movie went astray where it didn't really follow the book and where it's it. Again, warning. Spoilers. This book does have a big... Tw- I don't know if it's a plot twist per se, but it's definitely like a a twist. Uh, Maybe not a plot. I don't know. I don't know what I would classify it's a, it as. It's a um, sneaky turn. It's a sneaky turn. It's a, an aha. <laughs> aha. Light bulb. It's fucking closure. That's what it is. That's yeah. what we got. Yeah. People didn't like it. <laughs> Okay, so let's start. We have Kaya in the marshes of North Carolina. Now, we get a full explanation as to what the difference between a marsh and a swamp is. But then it turns into, but when it's this time, then it is a swamp. But when it does this, then it's a marsh. What the fuck? Is it or is it not a swamp? What I took away from the book is that it's kind of a swamp. And I'm just going to go with that. Okay. Fair enough. I don't think you really get it from the movie. You get it more from the book because, again, the author goes into a lot of detail about shit where you're like, oh, that's interesting. But then you just don't fucking care. So we know that the father, what he came from money. I don't think we got that from the book, the movie, though. The book does no. he came from money. Um, depression happened. Lost money. Uh, wooed the mother. Um, they were living with his or her father. He was working there and he was like, oh, well, my father-in-law is the boss. Like, I'm going to get a promotion. And like, he didn't get a promotion because I guess he was a dirtbag. Um, then World War II happened and he goes to well, war. The, yeah, the, the father-in-law wouldn't promote him. He wanted him to start from the ground up. But Which, yeah, it was a, it was a field he'd never done before. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, 
he went to war before he married her and he went to work at the in-laws company after the war. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's probably a part in the book where I was like, oh God, I don't fucking care. But what we do get though, more so from the book than the movie, is where in the movie you kind of get this sense that he's uh like a wounded, sort of disturbed war vet, right? And yeah, it was it was one of those things where there was some kind of uh operation or mission or something and he cowered in the foxhole. Which you get from the book, he, not the movie. Yeah. He knows he was a coward. Mm-hmm. The rest of his unit went out and his best friend got killed. Yeah. He just because he he was being a little bitch, he got blown up. But what I'm trying to say here is that in the movie What's similar here is that he's still a war vet, right? Mm-hmm. But the movie does is they fail to introduce that side of it. So as we're watching this movie, we you kind of almost feel bad for the father because you're like oh, the only well. the only time the World War Two stuff comes up is when he gives her the uh, knapsack. Yeah, yeah. And as she's running off, he's trying to tell her that it was my army knapsack or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and that's when the letter came. But mm-hmm. that, introducing there that way, you're kind of like, oh shit, like, he's kind of messed up. And I'm not saying feel bad for him, because he was still a fucking dirtbag, right? Like, beating on his wife and his kids, he's spending all their money on booze, like, that's fine. But the way they introduce it is almost like, oh man, you want to feel like a little bit of a twinge for him. Where in the book, it's laid out that, no, he's he really is just a dirtbag. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why I needed this little like attempt at a redemption story for him or some bullshit or like some sort of arc where I go, oh, heartstrings. No, he doesn't deserve it. Well, and it. The, there's there's a lot more time spent in the book on him being kind of a halfway decent father to her where he's actually spending time with her and not drinking as much and, and teaching her stuff and stuff like that. But then all of a sudden he's gone. He's mm-hmm. gone. And that's which after the me, letter comes. Which makes me think that he probably went on a drinking binge mm-hmm. and maybe just didn't make it out of it. Fell like into a ditch somewhere. Yeah, he's dead somewhere. Yeah. But also, the movie makes it seem like their improved relationship was almost instantaneous after everyone left. Because she's like, I'm yeah. hungry. Which is not really what happened. Like, no. He knew she was the only one there and still just fucking left her. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't till like later on where they wanted to go, she wanted to go fishing or something and then they were spending more time together. Where in the movie it just seemed like, all right, I guess it's me and you and do stuff together and be a yeah. happily decent father. Well, Again, which in the in the movie also it was just like, uh, you're the only one that's here. You're the only one here to wash clothes and yeah, cook I guess the food I'm just, and it's going to be all right. All right. Yeah, again, Hollywood, I don't know why you needed to do that. Like, he is he is a dirtbag. What, what were you trying to get with that? But mm-hmm. whatever. So in the, I like how in the movie and the book, we start with uh, essentially the prologue. Where in the book, we have the finding of Chase Andrew's body. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the movie. We start that way. Where I'm like, okay, cool. This makes sense. But then the movie departs immediately. Because what the book does is it starts back from when she's a child 
Mm-hmm. And we go through the different stages where she's at. And then later on, we get the whole, now she's being charged. Where in the movie, that they're would, like, right yeah, away. That was really jarring for me in the movie because I read first. And then when it gets into the movie, it shows the discovery of Chase Andrews. Mm-hmm. And then immediately, it's her in a prison cell. And then she is talking to the lawyer who, by the way, in the book doesn't show up until like three quarters of the way through the book. And she's telling the backstory of who she is. Because I don't even think she gets arrested until December in the book. So it's basically like Halloween or the day before Halloween. It's October 30th or something. Yeah. When they find the body, the two boys find the body. Then the cops come and then they're like, oh shit. And they're asking all the same questions like, hey, this is, like, why is there nothing here? Like, how, why was he out here? You know, they're asking reasonable police questions, right? Yeah. And then even when they're sort of talking through it, the conclusions or, like, semi-conclusions that they're coming to make sense because they're like, oh, well, Chase, you know, he's kind of a rake. He was, like, fucking everything. So who knows? Like, maybe it's somebody that didn't like him fucking their wife. Um, or maybe they were out here drunk and then it was like, well, why wouldn't his friends have reported it? You know, like it made sense. We're in the movie, they find the body, they bring him back and then they're like at the diner or something. And then it's the waitress going like, I think it's some Marsh girl. La, 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 la. Yeah. And like, then what? they go out, they go out to her house. They look into the door window yeah. and there's a red hat. I wonder if that's the same fibers that were on his jacket. I wish they would have played out that scene as it was in the book where they they finally do get the warrant. Like, they go out there several times, right? They want to talk mm-hmm. to her, but she's smart. She's like, And there's no me. warrant. There's no warrant in the movie. No, no. They just, they're like, like, oh, probable, probable cause. cause. No, that's not probable. No, 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 no. That's not what that means. Yeah. You saw a hat, not, you know, like, a, a, I don't know, like. Not a shirt covered in blood. That's not what you saw. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. saw a beanie. Uh, yeah. But I like the way it played out in the book when they finally go to the house and they have the warrant and they go in and they're looking around and the one sheriff is like, you know, I, look for this, look for that. What is this? And then the other guy's like, the oh, deputy, man, you- the deputy yeah. is like, look at all these feathers. He's like, did you know that the toad? Blow? He's like, what? Will you fucking pay attention? That to me. They should have had in the movie 100%. It was hilarious. And also, I think it would have rung 100% true. Yeah. if it Because that would have been like, if you and me were sheriffs and sheriff's deputy, Jackie, and we went to somebody's house with a warrant, that's exactly what would happen. You would be in there looking exactly for what we try to find. (laughs) And I would be like, oh my God, do you see this? They have a (laughs) life-size Deadpool. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, look at this. Or or we would both go into the library if there was one and we'd be like, look at all the books. Why were like, we here? Thumbing through the pages like, oh <laughs> yeah. man, they dog, they dog yeah. the pages. They're trash. We meanwhile, just meanwhile not, not wearing gloves, leaving fingerprints no. everywhere. I'd probably be eating like a sandwich walking through. Just <laughs> yeah. And butter croissant, just like oh, flakes yeah. no, going everywhere. Because we definitely would have stopped at Starbucks before. <laughs> I would have gotten my frap. You would have gotten whatever hardcore black coffee shit that you drink um, <laughs> with a croissant. I probably would have had cheese Danish and we would have been walking through. And you know that I can't eat without 
spewing half of it on me, on the floor, on the ceiling. It's going to end up everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, and a, when you're eating a, a, a croissant, you can't help it. <laughs> it's science. Shout out to the ladies at Starbucks at work. <laughs> okay. So, long story short, she's in the marsh. Um, she's young. And her, her mom leaves because she's just getting fucking beat. Oh, I'm not laughing at that. No. She, but she's, get, she's getting So beat. fucking bad. And I think that the movie does not do justice Mm-mm. Mm-mm. to that situation at all. To be beat so severely that you literally have a psychotic break. Yeah. That Where is... you don't you don't even realize that you're leaving mm-hmm. your, what is it, five children? Mm-hmm. Like, it's bad. And then all yeah. the kids start leaving. Yeah. So then eventually the dad's gone. So in the book, though, Kaya goes into town walking because she doesn't know how to, she hasn't used the boat by herself. Where in the movie, they're just like, put the bitch in the boat, let her go. She's going to see jumping. Because in the movie, it's like a couple of years as she's grown yeah. up that she's walking into town and going to, what is it, the Piggly Wiggly or something? Yep. It's the Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly. So she's doing that. People are kind of like, oh man, she's dirty. Like, where's your parents? This is something else. I'm like, I, this, okay. If it were like the 20s in New York City, I could understand this. Like this just blatant indifference to dirty homeless children. But in the 60s or late 50s, if there was a child walking into a store by themselves at like the age of six, filthy no shoes somebody's asking fucking questions well in in the defense of this book uh this was the marshes of coastal north carolina the deep south 301 does not go anywhere near that and 301 is what people had to go north and south down the east coast Mm -hmm. before 95 but i just don't understand this is very small town no, I get that, but I just don't understand how, like, and everyone is suspecting that the mom's gone and the dad's gone and she's by herself. Well, in, but in, nobody wants to just. But do that's anything. the thing that there. That's another big difference between the book and the movie. Is in the mm-hmm. book they spend a lot of time talking about how she's evading social services and stuff like that. That doesn't really happen in the movie. In the As movie, much. it's like some person's showing up to take her to like a. But a he girl's goes to jumpin. He goes to jumpin's store. Mm-hmm. But in the and, book, it's a truancy officer, not a. Yeah, like, and they actually come out to the house, and she's running from them. So she's yeah. never at the house. But that happens multiple times. They talk about it multiple times. Yeah, I don't know why the they changed it from the truancy officer to this like girls' home thing because it made more sense for the truancy. So here's another thing. The truancy officer is coming out to the house because she's not going to fucking school, which is against the law. Because at this point in the country, there are federal mandates that require children to go to school from a certain age. Yeah. And they know that she's not. So nobody in this town gave a damn. But it was enough to send a truancy officer out. That's who finally sends her to the school, where in the movie it's like, She's talking to Mabel, and Mabel's like, hey, you know, um, at the school, they give lunch, and today's Salisbury steak. Where in the book, it's actually the truancy officer does say that they have lunch there, and it's a chicken pot pie or whatever. Yeah. Which is, like, a really silly change to make. 
Somebody's yeah. like, nah, chicken pot pie, that's stupid. Salisbury steak. Let's do that. Like, <laughs> what, what, what difference does it I would, make? I would much prefer chicken pot pie <laughs> over Salisbury so steak. It's so simple. It's like you, like literally half of, more than half of the script is already written for you. Why are you changing shit? Yeah. As stupid as that. From a yeah. chicken pot pie to a Salisbury steak, there's literally nothing different. Anyway, I'm going to put my soapbox away. <laughs> I just... I heard, like when I read that in the book, I'm like, why? What does it fucking matter? <laughs> so she goes to the school. In the book, she stays the whole day. She eats lunch. She like actually packs a bunch of the lunch like into like the empty milk carton to take home yeah. with her. Um, where in the in the movie, she spends like all of five minutes there. <laughs> yeah, and then runs out. And then nobody ever comes back to look for it. Because they make fun of her because the teacher asks her to spell dog and she and spells God instead. Which I'm like, those are the right letters. Yeah. That's pretty Maybe good. she's dyslexic. I don't know. And then she takes the bus home and that's where all the kids are saying all the nasty shit like, uh, where's your hat? Swamp rat or something. Mm-hmm. Like, apparently, like to insult people, you had to rhyme. Because if it wasn't rhyming, it wasn't an insult. I guess. <laughs> and then she doesn't go back. Um, also, in the m- movie, we're introduced to Tate a lot earlier. I think that's just the makeup for the fact that he was a friend of Jody. He has been there before. So there was that connection predating him or Kaya meeting him. So I don't mm-hmm. really give that a bunch of slack. But she does finally take the boat out in the book gets lost tate is the one to bring her back he's very sweet but also which i like put i tab the shit out of this book too it's clear right out from the beginning that he's a lot older than her Mm -hmm. like four or five years older than her um so but he's sweet boy you know he's like i'll take you home i know where you're going blah 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 does that then she like doesn't see him for a long time where in the movie it makes it seem like she's constantly seeing him but also, yeah. I when think she when doesn't... she when she does reconnect with him uh, after he takes her home, they do see each other pretty consistently. But yeah, it's not immediately. And then it's like a few years later, her dad's finally gone. Um, then we have the whole thing with that that tree stump, and they're putting the feathers in there. Yeah. So this is like in the book. How this is going is it happens once. She doesn't see him for like a month. Then it happens like another time where in the movie, it seems like it's every day. She's going back. Yeah. But here's the part where I'm getting a little cringy and not like super cringy. Cause when you're talking about teenagers, it, there's like this gray area. Right. But she's 14. Mm-hmm. He's nine. He's going to, or he's going to be turning 19. Cause he's going to college. Like he's already basically going to be graduating high school and going to college. That's the year that they meet. Mm -hmm. So that means everything that's happening between them is cringy. (laughs) Where it wasn't cringy in the movie because both of them look like they're 30. So like my my eyes are telling my brain it's okay. Um, But in the book we're reading, like she doesn't know how old she is. But soon we find out from him teaching her how to read that she's 14 and he's five years older. Gross. I like. Is it though? Am I being too harsh? Because I know we have daughters that are. Are my daughter's going to be sixteen next week? Your daughter's going to be sixteen 
in a couple weeks. Like, if one of them came home with a 19-year-old right now and they're 15, I would have a fucking problem with it. But also at the same time, like, if you think about it, my Stephen, my husband, is 42 and I'm 36. Well, it... Oh, God. What was I... Oh, I know what I was watching. Mm. Um, Emily in Paris on Netflix. Oh, Jesus, why, Jack? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I just, because I got sucked in and I can't let it go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the latest season, uh, there are two characters that meet up again after years apart. Mm-hmm. They went to boarding school together. She was essentially a, a freshman or pre-freshman he was essentially a senior, whatever you call that in boarding school in Switzerland. She had a crush on him and he was intrigued by her, let's say, but they never really did anything. But they're talking about how now as adults in their mid to late 20s mm-hmm. slash maybe early 30s, that age difference is not that big a deal yeah, as it was yeah. in high school. Yeah, when you get older, it isn't because like 36 yeah. and 42, like that's perfectly acceptable. Like that should be, everyone says that should be like the acceptable rage. Yeah. But when you're talking about 14 and 19, I I think about it like this. When I was 19 years old, I don't think I had any desire to hang out with a 14 year old. No, because mental capacity and mental development and emotional development are completely different. So now let's add this on top of it. We have... A 14-year-old that has literally no um, social <laughs> Social skills. <laughs> yeah, no social skills. She's She maybe has the uh, aptitude of, like, a, a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, mind you, like, in the book, it seems like they really want you to focus on, like, what she does know because she's observant and she remembers, like, how her mother did something or she's uh, kind of trial and error like that is very smart she has street smarts per se or in this case i guess marsh smarts um but also like emotionally i don't she's has to be stunted she has to be because she has no experiences outside of the limited experiences she has with her family yeah which are not healthy at all so now we have this 14 year old that's a victim to say the least and becoming sort of infatuated with this older guy who is sweet. I mean, in the movie and the book, they definitely want you to believe that he's a sweet dude, which I'm not going to say he's not. And they're also coming from a small town. Um, So like, I'm not griefing that hard up until that point, but you know, the scene in the movie and the book where she asks like, Oh, do you have a girlfriend? He's like, sometimes so that means he's been in sort of not i wouldn't call them like romantic or intimate like he's been in this sort of lusty type well it was the 1960s in north carolina so so he's having these sort of interactions with girls his age or closer to his age yeah and now this is where i have a problem he complains about those girls where the author and the 
the movie. They want us to be like, oh, well, she's different because she's smart and she's like really into nature and like aware. But no, she doesn't know any better. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening. She doesn't know any better. And he is infatuated with her because essentially she has made him her whole world now within this march. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, I like this. They don't say it outright, mm-hmm. but that's what I'm picking up from yeah. what Tate is putting down. He doesn't like the girls his age because they're just interested in other things that he's not interested in. But now he's yeah. found this brainwashed, backwater child who is like, I like feathers and fireflies and mm-hmm. the marsh. And he's teaching he's teaching her to read. And he's teaching her basic math skills. He's teaching her basic fundamentals of things. Bringing his old textbooks. How do you become sexually attracted to someone like that? I have an issue with these storylines. Are you talking about how does Kaya become sexually attracted? No, no, no. No, you can't blame Kaya for anything that's happening because she just does. She does not know any better. I'm talking about Tate. Tate is teaching Uh, her to read. It's a it's a control thing. Yeah. It's totally a control thing. So I don't think it's cute at all. And I don't think it's romantic. I think it's, he has a, like, a super level of power in this relationship. And he's getting his kicks off with it. Like, that's his kink. Anyway, I'm not going to, like, harp on this. But this is where I begin to be on the more so the fuck you Tate train. Like, I think this is where I pick up my ticket. Okay. The board. Yeah. I'm like, mm, yeah. Mm, I don't like it. See, mm. where I would actually get on board the train is when he comes back but doesn't see her because he sees her with Chase. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, um, there's he he comes back after... It's before she starts hanging out oh, with Chase. Oh, yeah, yeah. But when he, like, he comes hides. back uh, 4th of July or something or, or like a month after, after that. Like, yeah. He couldn't come back that week, but he comes back after yeah. and he's like hiding and sees her. And, but what he's witnessing is that the truancy officer in the book, this is all happening in the book, not the movie. Mm-hmm. He sees like the truancy officer coming up to the house and he sees her like running away and hiding. Mm-hmm. So he's hiding, watching her hiding from this other person that's coming. And he's like, oh, man, I don't think I can do this. Which, honestly, that's the part with him where I'm like, I respect that, that you're getting it. But also you're a little bitch. Yeah, because he just automatically puts the blame on her. Like, oh, yeah. she would never fit in. She would never fit into my world. So I'm just going to do her a favor. Yeah. And not contact her anymore. Fucking man. So I don't have to put her through this difficulty. So essentially what he did is he just recreated the trauma that she's experienced time after time yep. after time after again. Yep. And, he, People and he knows abandoning this. her. Yeah, yeah. He knows this. And he He's promised her. He promised her he wouldn't leave. I would have been totally fine, like, if when he came back, pulled up, and was like, hey, I'm sorry I couldn't be here on 4th of July. Um, I was actually working in the lab, because that's, they explained it in the book why he doesn't show up. Yeah. 
in the movie, it's a bit more dramatic. She's like waiting on the beach, passes out. But in reality, in the book, she's waiting. She goes back to the cabin a little bit. She eats. She goes back. Then she goes back to the cabin. She falls asleep. It's morning. She goes back to the beach. And she's like, fuck. Fuck you, Tate. Mm-hmm. You know, like she's pissed. Um, yeah. So the movie makes her seem like she's a bit more needy and pathetic. Like, who's doing that? Who's just like, okay, uh, you know what? If you're younger and listening to the show, I, Jackie and I are just, we're jaded at this point. We're older. <laughs> We've seen some shit. So for us, we watch that scene and go like, fuck that. I would have given him 45 minutes and then I'm out. Yeah. In, in the in the book, it's almost like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, feel sorry for myself for a little bit. And then, hey. There's stuff out there. Yeah. I'm going to go look at it. I'm going to go do some shit. Because she's a child. Yeah. And easily distracted. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So uh, it's like a year or so before um, anything happens between her and and Chase. And there's a... She's now like infatuated with Chase because she sees him on the beach during the summer Well, she doesn't friend. she doesn't get involved with him until after she would have technically graduated high school. Um, I want to say she's like 17 or so. No, I think it's later than that. I know that her and Chase are basically like the same age, if not like a year apart. They're cl- they're Yeah, a lot I, I, I I I know that, but like <clears throat> I don't think they get involved until he's graduated from high school. Yeah, it, it it it's probably that case, but there is like a year or two where and she's there, just like there's some with him. there's some timeline things that are messed up between the book and the movie too, like yeah. her publishing the book, yeah, and going uh or remodeling the cabinet and stuff like that. Oh, and let's talk the about those books real movie. quick. When Chase, what not Chase? When Tate left her to go to college. Mm-hmm. His like going away. Like, Let's just spend one more night. They didn't do that. He literally just showed up and they're awkwardly like, uh, okay, bye. And he yeah. leaves. He doesn't give her this sort of, oh, you should really look into this. Get in public. No, he that doesn't, doesn't do come that. until much later. So why in the movie are we trying to make him seem like, because they want him to be. They, I think the producers of this movie realize that the way he's written in the book is he's a dirtbag. And they're like, yeah. we have to give him some redeeming qualities. And yeah. They tried, they picked some pieces from the book and just put them in, in a different order. And we're mm-hmm. supposed to believe that Chase is like, fine. I'm going to tell you this right now. When I saw it in the theater and this happened and he didn't show up, I was, and this is before I knew the age gap because of the book. I'm just watching this play out in the movie when he didn't show up on the 4th of July and those fucking fireworks started and he still wasn't there. And then she woke up in the morning on the beach Tate was fucking dead to me. <laughs> I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what. I, no, there's nothing that he was doing. And then later when he's coming back, they don't, don't talk to her that they don't talk about her that way. Fuck you, Tate. Fuck you, Tate. Mm-hmm. Don't you talk about her. You take her name out of your goddamn mouth. And I, I immediately was on the fuck you Tate train from that scene on. The book, though, when I got to that part where she's kids, she's like, well, he's like definitely like five years old, like four or five years older than me. I'm like, nope, mm-mm, mm-mm. Automatically went to the booth, picked up my ticket. I was ready. I was ready to get right on <laughs> that train. Um, 
Yeah, so the the whole publishing thing that doesn't come till later, and then it the way the time works out too is that when she finally does go to the um, courthouse to inquire about the deed for the land, so that she owns the property outright, and that the developers can't take it from her, or at least if they do, they have to pay her. It was a lot more money than eight hundred dollars. It was like three grand in the book. Yeah, no, it was eight hundred. No, 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 it. No, it was more than that. No, I remember seeing 800 in the book because she'd already published, she'd already published the book and she had uh like $1000 or something in her bag and she was able to pay it right away. She whereas did pay, in the movie she Whereas she paid in the movie, in cash, yeah. Yeah, whereas in the movie uh she hadn't published the book yet. That is what spurred her to go ahead and try and publish. Because yeah, she wanted to get the money. So, so she was, how much? Kaya had not opened a bank account and all the cash she owed after the improvements to her house, some $3,000 was right in her knapsack. But they must be talking 40 years of back taxes, thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, da, 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 list category, five years, uh, two years number... Oh, okay. So yeah. So he does. Yeah, it's eight hundred dollars. I think what I was remembering was the whole three thousand dollars. Oh yeah, like what she had. Yeah. Yeah, but she did have the money on her to pay it like yeah. immediately in cash because she'd already yeah. done the whole book thing at that point. Yeah. Whereas in the movie, she hadn't published yet, and when she went and found out the amount, she know she knew she needed to get the money somehow. Tate had put that idea in her head. And yeah. she's like, okay, well, maybe I'll submit these to these publishers and yeah, let me see go what happens. Look for this list that he gave me six years ago. <laughs> also, okay, this is where I think uh, nobody really thought about this probably. They're like, it's not important. But can we just talk about it for a second? If there are developers already scouting the area because they want to fucking clear it and put up oh, a shopping mall. Oh, they would have inquired about all of that shit. There would have been no time for her to mail out her fucking drawings to publishers to receive something back and then to get a check. Like, no, that takes time Yeah, and a lot of time. No, her land would have been gone. Yeah. It makes more sense in the story for her to show up and be like, oh shit, well, I'm actually carrying around a fuck ton of money on me for 1960. Here you go. Yeah. Like, yep. even as ridiculous that is, it, it, that makes more sense than the whole like, oh no, developers are here. I need to find a way to make money mm-hmm. in the most time consuming way possible, which me drawing, mailing out several, waiting for a response, then mailing. Uh, no, no, no. Stupid. Especially anyway. because there was no such thing as direct deposit. Yeah. Back so then. <laughs> they send her a check and then like, how is she cashing it? They just say she doesn't have it. Ugh, whatever. Nobody really thought about this. They're too busy. I'm like, oh my God, this girl, she's so powerful. She's paying off the land. Like, stop. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Chase. Chase in the movie, Chase in the book are like the same the mid i think he's even more cringy in the book the shit that he says and the way he says it i'm like what a fuck boy 
And and one of the things that bothered me about the book so much was when uh, Kaya was talking about Chase and when he plays the harmonica and oh he's, he's making music. He's so soulful. I'm like, no, he's not. He's playing you. Oh, there's a piece of trivia in the movie. The first time he's playing the harmonica, it's a song. I forget the name of it. But essentially, um, the story of that bluegrass song is that the guy is being brought up on murder charges but he won't give the out al- he won't give him an alibi hmm. that's the premise of the song okay yeah um did any of you know that out there or did you find that out from uh imdb as well because ha it's really cute and clever but nobody fucking knows <laughs> stupid like they want to spend time on that Instead of getting the story right. Anyway. That, that, that's what makes me appreciate Marvel Easter eggs. Yeah, or those Disney make, Easter eggs. They <laughs> They're a little sense. bit more obvious and easier to understand. Yeah, because Disney knows their audience. <laughs> unlike these fucking people. Yeah. Now, it's when she finally pretentious. does... It's super pretentious. So when she finally goes on that date with Chase on the beach, and then he starts to feel her up and climb on top of her like a fucking horny bastard that he is, she doesn't say the whole, like, I know you think I'm trash, but I'm worth more than a picnic. Like, she says something else, so, like, snotty back. Not snotty. I shouldn't say that. Like, she's pissed, as she should be, rightfully so. Um mm-hmm. And then she starts to walk off, and he's like, oh, my, I'm sorry. Let me make it up to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Baby, I'm sorry. Uh, and then in the movie, though, she goes back with him. She's like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Okay, yeah. No. In the book, she fucking walks off. He's like, it's too far to walk. And she's like, watch me. Yeah. Why is that not in the movie? It should have been. What the fuck? You're supposed to be talking this, telling this story about this strong young woman that's that's she's a survivor. She's taking care of herself in the swamp. She's like standing up against, it. and then you're like, oh, okay. He says sorry for like groping her. Mm-hmm. Like that's the message we're sending out to our daughters. Like it's okay. He said he was sorry. He really didn't mean it. Okay, I'm I know so he- sure. I know he pinned you to the sand and forced himself upon you, but he did say he was sorry. So you should probably just get back in the boat with him because it'd be really rude for you not to. Mm-hmm. That's what the movie gave me. <sighs> reminds reminds me of a Miranda Lambert song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was on a Miranda Lambert kick the other day. I was listening to her, all her shit everything i don't know what was going on in my life subconsciously but i needed miranda to get me out of her (laughs) love her so (laughs) it's it is a while before in the book that she like goes back and hangs out again with chase um i think it's it's like a month or so like she was really like nah fuck you yeah it's a while apologizes and all that stuff um then there's the whole Oh, I'm manager of auto, whatever he is. He's like, I got to go to Asheville. It's going to be a two day job. So we're going to have to stay overnight. Why don't you come with me? And she's like, all right. I mean, she didn't really, she had some qualms about it, but they go and then he fucks her. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) what did we think was going to happen in the nasty motel? But again, 
she doesn't know any better, even though she's technically an adult at this point. So we can't really be like, oh, no. But this. okay. I'm not trying to get like totally on my feminist soapbox. But how is what happened in both the movie and the book not some degree of rape? It is. Because she literally has no idea what's going on. Yeah. Even when in the book, it's, in, mind you, the book's not like super graphic. So um, <clears throat> I like, I wouldn't have an issue with the well, girls reading he, that. He did that. He did that typical guy thing of trying to placate her. In the movie, I remember especially, I can't remember 100, 100% from the book, but in the movie, he's like, it'll get better for you. Oh, yeah. He's gaslighting her. Like, it, <clears throat> don't, it's just, it's just girls. It's just women. It's your fault. Yeah. yeah. He's like, for me, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. You'll get there eventually. Yeah. But you're going to have to figure that out. I'm not going to help you do it. <laughs> yeah. Because God forbid. Um, Now... This is a huge departure from the book. Some of the other things we brought up are like the annoying. I don't think they're really changing much. But this one, when she finds out, Kaya that is, because he's talking all about marriage, Chase, you know, like we're going to get married. I'm going to get you this house. And he's even like hinting at stuff like I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. Like, I, I don't. I, like, did you miss the last 18 years of my life where I literally raised myself in a marsh amongst wild animals? But yeah, I definitely need you to take care of me now. Um, she finds out that he's actually engaged to uh, the other chick. Where I like in the book how she gives them, she doesn't remember their names, so she always <laughs> yeah. gives them like... Uh, always wear pearls or chubby face yeah. or something like that. Like yeah, she yeah. gives him those type of names. Um, but she finds out that he's engaged in the paper because there's, a, there's mm-hmm. an announcement where yeah. in the movie, like they run into each other in the town and he's like, Oh, you remember whatever their fucking names are. Cause I don't remember them either. Um, and then she's like, Oh yeah, I'm Chase's fiance. And she reaches out her hand and she's got the ring on and she's like, Oh, Oh, Now, okay, I know this is supposed to be more dramatic, but at the same time, like, doesn't it make it more obvious if, okay, let's say you're the chick that's engaged to him and you run into the missing link in town. Mm -hmm. And when you're like, oh yeah, I'm Jason's fiance. First of all, he didn't introduce her as his fiance. I'd already have a fucking problem with that. But she's like, he's my fan. I'm his fiance. We're married. And then you see... Like, Marsh Girl's face just go white and eyes shocked. Like, are you not at that point going like, what the fuck? <laughs> I almost think the her finding out from the newspaper was more impactful. Yeah, Because she was able to react the way that a normal person would react. Yeah. She's throwing things and, and getting emotional about it. Which... I would have liked to see that. Not her mm-hmm. just like going and hyperventilating back at the house like a little yeah. bitch. Not that I'm saying she's a little bitch. I mean, it's trouble. But the book is more realistic. She's raging. Especially if you consider the fact that she is emotionally stunted. She is like, 
not socially developed, right? So she does, and all she's experienced in her life for the most part, besides isolation, is violence. That is the most natural response you're going to get from somebody like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and then they don't see each other after that for a while mm-hmm. in the book. Because she basically is like, well, fuck him. When he comes to the house, she hides. And then I think he just gives up. Where well, in the he, she goes, yeah, she goes to that other cabin that she and yeah, she used to go stayed, to. Yeah, which does yeah. not appear in the movie, no, by the way. it's just too much for them to... They're like, oh, no, it's another set. We don't want to pay for that. <laughs> but we're going to introduce characters that don't exist. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, she's hiding from him. He finally just gives up and then she just moves on with her life. Which She ghosted him. Mm -hmm. And he took the hint and accepted it, which is like normal. Um, Then in the book, something happens where I think he sees her at the shack, the um, jump in. I think so. Something happens. Something like that happens in the book where she's trying to avoid him, but like ultimately he sees oh, her. Oh, when when he when he sees her next, she's drawing something. She went to some place in the boat. She's drawing something. I can't remember what it was, but yeah. he takes that as an opportunity to talk to her and assault her. Yeah, she's sitting on the beach. It's the same thing like it is in the movie, yeah. but it the movie makes it seem like she saw him he realized that he fucked up he comes directly to the cabin she hides he's pissed he trashes some stuff um but then he's like stalking her not really what happened mm-hmm. book she ghosts him it's more natural it makes more sense he kind of takes a hint he gets married um to whatever her face is then later on the beach i don't know if something happened that sparked his memory he wanted to go talk to her or whatever but she's on her beach drawing he comes up and is like, hey, I thought I'd find you here. Something stupid like that. Um, and that's where it, it kind of plays out like it does in the movie where he tries to rape her and she's like, nah, I'm going to beat your skull in with this rock. Yeah. If you touch me again, I'm going to kill you. It is a bit Something more like graphic that. in the book, though, because I think he does manage to like basically rip her pants and her underwear yeah because they describe her having to pull her shorts and stuff up i think either way it's still traumatic um yeah it is a pretty it's a hard scene in movie and or book um but then she yeah she she leaves he is obviously she's like scared for her life because she knows he's gonna come back and probably try to kill her which I thought that was kind of a weird jump to make that he was going to be like that. But I guess, I guess she's thinking about her dad, like what she's witnessed. Yeah. Cause I didn't know what Tate has done up until that point to Tate or Chase. Chase. They're the, they're the fucking yeah. same thing to me. They're both dirtbags. <laughs> Um, I don't know what Chase has done up until that point to make her automatically assume that he's going to be extremely violent with her. Other than that situation there. And I'm not saying Chase is a nice guy. I'm just trying to put the pieces together where she would make that jump. The The only thing I can think of is the first time they went out with the picnic, he tried to get a little too forward with her. And 
Yeah, and then she kind of pushed him off, and he was apologetic, but there were kind of undertones of him hinting at it quite frequently and being like, come on, we've been going out this long, and... Yeah, but that's like you owe sex- it to me, and but that's the sexual side of it. Like I'm talking yeah. about the fact that she's hiding, thinking that yeah. he's going to come and essentially kill her or beat her. That's where the jump. And, and well, in 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 that case, uh, with the movie where she comes home and everything's trashed and broken mm-hmm. and thrown all over the place, I think that was a little bit better way of showing that escalation of violence yeah. than in the book. And again, the only really experience she has in her life is with her dad. And that's yeah. what she sees. So, yeah. it, fine. I, I just think it's her, one of those... Her dad who drove her mother away because he drew blood yeah, too many times. And hit her in the head to the point where she literally lost it. Yeah. Um, so, now in the book, this is where we get to, like, the trial. Where, okay... I think in the movie, the way that they filmed it, the time jumping made more sense to me because them doing that, the little cafe scene, them picking her up, she's in the jail and now she's telling her story because we already know they've, they've laid it out and said, we're pinning this on her. Where in the book, let's say I didn't watch the movie first, you read first. So... When you're reading it that way, and it goes to her being a child, are you putting those two together? Like, oh, is she the one that did this? And you're just assuming the whole time till you get to the point where they finally, like, implement implicate her and arrest her? It was kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. Starting off with finding the body and then them assuming that it was probably foul play. And then her immediately jumping into her childhood and stuff like that. I'm like, the two have to be connected. I just don't yeah, know why. But it's weird because you're like, he's dead. They're talking about him sleeping with married women. They're giving you a little bit about his character. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, hey, here's this six-year-old girl living in the marsh. Let's follow her. Yeah. That, and then they're like, you get that small little chapter where they're like, oh, there's red yarn or something on him. There's fibers. I think because I watched the but movie d- first. Yeah, and, and they find the red fibers, but you don't get the fact that of her and Tate tossing the hat back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Because they describe the hat in detail. The author describes the hat in detail. Also, in the movie, the reason, well, what we can assume how those fibers got onto chase is because tate and him have that scuffle at but the you dock. don't get that yeah that you doesn't don't get happen that in, in the book, book. Yeah. so where is the fucking connection there is anyway no. there's not there's not so i think i appreciate the way the movie did the time because you're like all right cool she's being pinned for it now let's get some backstory you know let's see how this uh, yeah, all came to be I definitely think the movie, her telling the story of her childhood makes a lot more sense than just jumping into it. Because if the author had made it in the book seem like she was telling the story of her upbringing to yeah. somebody, would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. The lawyer's like, tell me about it. Okay, let me tell you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, 
This is the part when I got to it in the book where I was like, how are you going to leave this out in the movie? This is a big fucking deal. Do you know what I'm going to say, Jackie? Are you what does the book the poems? have? No, no, not the poems. What does the, the tr- book, the trial in the book have a certain <laughs> witness that they call that they don't have in the movie? Did you catch it? I know they didn't have the bus drivers. And they didn't have No, they had the, the bus woman. drivers. They had the bus and drivers. The- they had the clerk from the Piggly Wiggly that saw her. They had the guy saying that he heard her say, like, when she ran away from the assault. Like, if you don't leave me alone, I'm going to kill you. They had that in both. There's a big one. Maybe I've had too much to drink. They have an actual eyewitness of her during the time that the incident Well, happened. they didn't put the publisher up on the stand, did Mm-mm. they? This was a guy in his boat that was out there Oh yeah, in the yeah. middle of the night saying, yep. I saw her on her boat without the lights on. Yep. In that area. That's a, that's a fucking big... They had an eyewitness... At the time that they're saying that he died. And yep. in the book, in the movie, they're just like, oh, no, no, that's, no, we don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. In the book, the way it gets written off, like, why it's not a big deal is they're like, oh, well, it was dark, and you couldn't really say for sure if it was her. But he's like, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was her. Like, that's her boat, and... I've seen her out there a lot. Like, I, I know her. He's <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, so that was, I was like, dude, how are you going to, that's huge. If you have a murder mystery story, how do you leave something like that out? Now you are, you are reclaiming the facts of this uh, mystery mm-hmm. by leaving that out. But whatever, it was, they didn't want to deal with it. Um Tate coming back into the picture is just so fucking annoying to me in both the book and the movie. They're kind of different, and I don't even think it matters. They're both fucking stupid. Well, in the in the book, it kind of made more sense because they actually showed him out in the marshes and stuff like that. But in the movie, it was just all of a sudden he's there. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no interaction before the trial. It's just, he's there. Yeah. Hi. It's like, where did you come from? Because he has that fight. Well, he sees uh, Chase and her. Then he hears Chase talking about her. He's like, don't fucking, don't talk about her that way. And I'm like, no, you don't talk about her. Like, stop. Go yeah. away. Leave her alone. Shut up, Tate. Both of you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then he's like sitting in the trial waiting and all that stuff. Uh, and this is where it's like, okay, th- you get the whole back and forth between the lawyers and the evidence, and then the the her lawyer does this whole speech that's similar. I think it's almost the same in the movie where it's essentially like, we've all let her down, and you're all mm-hmm. saying, like, you're being super prejudiced against her, and you're not giving her a fair shot, and she's done nothing other than basically being poor. Um, so you have the evidence now, you have the testimony, give her a fair shot. So, spoiler. Jury comes back. They find her not guilty. 
And the reason is because they're using the bus schedule where it's not enough time for her to leave for meeting with the publisher to come back to do that and then get the next bus. Because the, the incoming bus was late. Yeah. Extremely late. Yeah. And there would have been no way for her to get to the fire tower mm-hmm. and then back again to make the other bus. And the two bus drivers for both buses, both inbound and outbound, were not able to identify identify her as her. Yeah. Which, when I look at it and I'm piecing these all together, I'm like, none of this fucking makes sense. It does not fit, but I'll go with it. Sure. Not guilty. And then, long story short, she goes on and lives the rest of her fucking life. She takes Tate back because now they're just madly in love and... Oh my god. Ugh. Which was another thing I'm like what are you doing to this character? Like not only has she been neglected, abused, abandoned, betrayed, raped, <laughs> assaulted, stalked, yeah. threatened. Um now she's uh, tried for murder, possibly the death penalty, but you're just like but Tate He's back and he's sorry. And she just takes him back. Yeah. Just. What the fuck? I hate that. Bullshit. Am I being like dramatic about this though? Like, I know it fits the story. Like, we're gonna love, we're gonna grow old. You're the first one I've ever loved. Yeah, because you know why? Because you live in a fucking marsh by yourself since you were six years old. You don't know any better. The only two boys that you've experienced in your life are the ones that have come to you because <laughs> they could control you anyway. So they live happily ever after. Then we get this stupid long, like semi montage of them growing old in the marsh. She can't have kids. I think that's sort of alluded to in the movie because they don't have kids, but they flat out say it in the book. And at that point I'm like, I don't know why this is relevant. I don't care, but Sure. Like, it's just another thing that fucking sucks for her, right? Mm-hmm. So she dies at, like, 60-something. And now Tate, is, as an old man, is, like, trying to pack up the house and donate things to the museum and the lab and all this bullshit, whatever. So he's going through things, which now this is weird to me. Okay, if you're packing up your house, right, let's say you and Nick are in your... 60s 70s right you've lived a long life you've accumulated a lot of shit because your husband's a hoarder um (laughs) if nick passed and you're like i gotta move out of here i gotta downsize whatever when you're going through stuff are you opening each book and thumbing through all the pages no it's weird right every every single louis l'amour and dan brown book that he has on the shelf would immediately get packed up in a box. I feel like I would legit just put a box down and then tilt the bookcase forward. Well, I I would do that, but all of my books would then spill down. Oh, well, after you take your mm. books off. Okay, okay. But so here he is, he's sitting there, he's just like reminiscing, thumbing through stuff. And, oh, my goodness. Like, dude, okay, fine. Um... But we get to the, all of a sudden there's like drawings of Chase and she's writing these weird little poems, which in the book, there's more to these poems. And 
she has a name for it, but really it turns out it's her and she's writing this poetry. Amanda um, Hamilton. Yeah, 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 that one. So <laughs> he's like, what's this? This is weird. Let me finish this and then I have another question. He finds a poem about fireflies and her sort of alluding to that where (laughs) she is relating herself to that of the female firefly but after they mate they send out a different signal and essentially trap another male to eat them right where Mm -hmm. in the movie she literally only talks about fireflies one time Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm the book it's a it's a bit more prevalent so this is why you're like it's an aha moment oh so he's like oh oh he's getting a little shocked by this and then turns the page again and now there's like a carved out section where she's stuffed that necklace with the shell so what i believe we're supposed to assume now is that she did kill him Mm -hmm. even though i feel like it still doesn't prove anything allegedly so if the cops because they had a warrant for her house and they said they checked thoroughly and didn't find that necklace i feel like a police investigation for murder when they're searching the suspect's house would be more thorough than what this dickhead tate was doing to pack up this house and move well that that was in the movie in the book i think it was a little bit more hidden it was in the it was in a book it was the same sort of i don't know like if she had it somewhere else but it was the poem that's in the journal with the with the drawing, and then it was like the carved out uh, little box in the pages, like you know how people do, like in Shawshank Redemption, how we did in the Bible. Yeah. Do so you tell me when they tossed their house, they didn't they didn't throw that book and that stuff came flying out? Really? That's what we're going with. Hold on one second. Mm-mm. I'm right. <laughs> okay, so in the book. Okay. Uh, Late in the day, the sun dipping behind the lagoon, he stirred corn mush for the gulls and mindlessly glanced at the kitchen floor. He cocked his head as he noticed for the first time that the linoleum had not been installed under the wood pile or the old stove. Oh, Kaya had kept firewood stacked high even in summer. But now it was low, and he saw the edge of a cutout in the floorboard. So that stuff was hidden under the floorboard in the okay, book. Okay, so this is where, at this point of me reading, I think I completely blacked out. I'm not, yeah. I'm not even going to make any excuses for myself. Now it makes, yeah. Yeah. So again, that, okay, now, okay, that's even worse now for the movie, because they made it seem so simple. Yeah, like, it was just me? sitting there, a book. They just had to open it up and look, yeah. which every single police procedural you watch when they're doing a search, they're opening books and leafing through pages and stuff like that. And so, I would assume that even then in the 60s, was those idiot sheriff's deputies would still have been like, they probably would have trashed that house. They would have just come out by accident. Yeah. They would have threw that book. It would have flew out. Yeah. Things would have been tipped over and thrown and trashed and everything. Okay, so that's right. So the book makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the closure that I guess everyone's like, I don't like it. But it is closure. Is it like hard and fast closure? No. 
because I got I still got questions, but I, it's enough for me to deal with. Um, and then it's like, okay, cut to Taylor Swift's Carolina song. Yeah, we're done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bye. What was the fucking moral of that story? It's so, oh my god, it's so beautiful, it's so strong. I'm like, no, you literally have a woman that has been systematically and habitually uh, abused her entire life and then was still abused and to the point where she stayed in that marsh with one of her abusers until she died. Is that a hap? Is that the fucking hap? H E A happily ever after that we're supposed to get from that? No. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Hollywood. Fuck you, Delia Owens. What a pretentious piece of shit. This is some woke ass bullshit that they don't even realize like how stupid this story is. It could have been really, really, really good. It could have been done it that- right. She raised herself in that marsh. Jumpin' was the one to help her reach out the publisher or something stupid like that or whatever. Or even just on her own and took herself out of that scenario and, like, put herself through school and got her PhD and was, like, running a, cons- uh, a conservation effort there in that marsh. hmm Oh, no. No, no, no. We're going to talk about how she stayed in that marsh and continue to draw pictures. Oh, and oh my gosh, she couldn't have babies. That's really sad. And then she died in the boat. All right. End of story. <laughs> Let's talk about our reviews then. Jackie, you go ahead and go first. Oh God, now you make me feel bad. Okay. Despite everything that Mel said, I'm still going to go with my 3.8 out of 5. Just because I think it was a lot easier to sympathize with Kaya in the book than in the movie. The movie, I'm going to go with a 6.5 out of 10. It just felt really disjointed. And I didn't really get the depth of why the townspeople felt or treated Kaya the way that they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, I'm not super shocked, but of, of the way they treated her. But there were I had questions. I'm like, I I almost wanted to ask, like, does this author even know? Like, does she come from this type of area? Like, I don't know. It, it, if if that's the way it was, then like they're making a whole lot of assumptions about what the audience is going to understand in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so I know I put certain numbers in here uh, i'm changing them right now i'm giving the book and i'm going to change it in goodreads too i'm giving the book a one out of five okay i think it's utter trash now that i've thought about like really what's going on in the story how dare this author put that out there and people like reese witherspoon with all the representation in Hollywood, this and that. Like, she has this big old TED Talk or whatever she's fucking announcing herself at, where she hates the fact that in women, uh, for women in movies, whenever there's, like, something bad happens, they turn to the man and go, like, what do we do? And she's like, is that, is that ever happen? Is that ever, does, is something serious? Does a woman ever turn to a man and go, what do we do? Like, 
You're going to stand up on your soapbox and make that claim, but you're going to endorse this garbage? Wow. One out of five. Movie? Changing it. One out of ten. Fucking atrocious. Now that I really think about it. You're going to put these pretty ass people in these roles to make us think that it's not abuse and it's abuse. Mm. Because I'm like, because I wrote here, I was like, it's all right. The movie, I'm like, I can, it was, no, you know, I'm not, no, it wasn't. It's trash. It's grass. I I just said it's it's trash. Atrocious and trash. <laughs> I want to say it's gross, gross and trash. Uh, because I, I really, I am just over this, this need to parade damaged, traumatized women as like that they're desperate for attention by pretty men as empowering. There's so much more you could have done with Kaya's character that there are actual like real life scenarios that this is played out much differently. They didn't need some man. And I'm not a man hater at all. But this, what did, like, literally, what did she do on her own that was not directed or constructed by a man in this story? Nothing. And they abused her. So, no. One out of ten. Fucking garbage. Well, um, <laughs> we read, we watched, we bitched. So you don't have to DNF. Um, I'm going to tell you right now. I think if you have to choose one, watch it. I, I think the way they play it out in the movie, it makes more sense. And it's nice to look at because you get a lot of like nature scenes and stuff, which is cool. Um, <laughs> but I'm telling you right now. If you start watching it and you're like, no, I don't want to, just fucking get up and walk away, please. <laughs> How am I supposed to follow that? Jesus. I'm sorry. Uh, I, just, I got worked up. I, I would I would say if you have to do one or the other, I'd say read because the book does have a lot more character development. Um, I will say this, though. After she publishes the book, which, yes, Tate does draw her to that path she does everything the, on her own but in the book actually it's worse because after the fact he's like why don't you give them to me and i'll mail them out to publishers he's the one that mails them out in the book does he yes i don't i don't remember that mm -hmm. she does not mail them out she he asks her like can can you want to just give me some samples i will look for some publishers and i will send them out to them yeah, but everything that she does with that is hers. It's not him. No, I mean, she does the work. Absolutely. I'm not saying she doesn't. She deserves everything that she got and the credit. But I'm saying there's not one single thing in this story that is not the construct of a man. Okay, sitting on her beach, she looked at every page when Kaya had written to the publisher after Tate's initial contact and mm -hmm. submitted more drawings. They yeah, sent her a contract. Yeah. But he's the one that sends in the samples. But I, what I'm saying is that everything that she does with it after that is hers. No, she, she takes, takes the initiative to go to the county 
and check up on tax payments and land deeds and after, stuff like that. After Jumpin' tells her about the developers and what she needs to do. I'm telling you, there is not one thing in this story that is not the result or the direct product constructed by a man. Okay. Well, my my original thing is to say read Overwatch just because there is a lot more character development in the book and background. Um, but I, I said that the ending in the movie seemed a lot more obvious than in the book, but I think that might be because I read the book first. Mm-hmm. But it it just yeah, there's it did more seem a lot stuff. more more obvious. Yeah, in the um, the way like their interactions and how she was behaving in mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't like super shocked. I was kind of like I knew it, mm-hmm. but then like reading the book, you already know what the twist is. So you're like, all yeah. right, let's just get let's just get through this. <laughs> I mean, it played out differently, but it was I think definitely more obvious in the movie than the book. Yeah, for sure, I agree with that. In the way that well, they, the way that they actually, or the way the author actually went into it in the book was just talking about the poem of the fireflies first, because there was talk about fireflies and Kaya was mm. talking about what they do. And then mm. at the end, when uh, Tate finds the poem about fireflies, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. That it was her. It, yeah. And I think the it's constructed a little bit better or fleshed out more in the mm-hmm. book or in the movie. Or they're just like, come along, come along on the ride. Mm-hmm. We'll get you there. Don't worry. Just sit back. All right. So Jackie and I didn't agree on anything ever <laughs> on this episode. So you, 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 you figure out who you trust more <laughs> and go with that. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, it's garbage. <laughs> I mean, it's not total garbage. It's the leftovers in the fridge that you probably should have eaten yesterday that, but might still be good for maybe another day. That's... Here's the thing. I don't eat leftovers, period. So <laughs> if it goes in the fridge and somebody else doesn't you, eat it, you and You and Nick are, are just... the same person. We are. We're yeah. like cut yeah. from the same cloth. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So we are done with that first book of uh, 2023 for Read Watcher DNF is done. Um, this week, we also get the first episode of DNF Happy Hour where we get into Dead of Labor. So on Friday, look for that. Send some links out on social media. Next week, we're switching it up a little bit. This is actually our first short story that we're featuring. Um, but we, we think it's worth note because it did result in a full ass movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black phone. Black phone is written by Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son. Big name. And if you've seen that, it has Ethan Hawke in it. It's, it's a freaky movie. He's it's definitely so freaky. creepy. It uh. is. Uh, so we're going a little bit of a different different route there. So check us out next week for that, for Black Phone with uh, Ethan Hawke. Um, yeah, okay. Coin. Wait, I had a coin. I found 
my quarter and put it in here specifically. So Damn it, I forgot the biscuits or cornbread coin. That's okay. Jackie, what are you uh what are you reading, watching? I was thinking we should actually assign like maybe heads read, tails watch. Got it. Heads from now on read. Heads read, tail watch. Okay. What are you Um I'm gonna call heads. It literally it's It'd be funny it's if heads. it it's heads. Mm. Again. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's heads. Uh Jackie's gonna read again. But this one's fine, it's only a short story. It's like twenty yeah. pages. Yeah. Take me like twenty minutes. Yeah, I'll be like, Jackie, hurry up. <laughs> Go read it right now. <laughs> okay, so don't for uh, don't forget to like, follow, share. Um, remember, new show this Friday, DNF Happy Hour. We'll, we'll post some links for it. But until then, uh, you know, bye. Bye.